And we can just blame it on the intern. Goddamn intern dropped my fucking mic. The intern... He's fired. He's losing his goddamn job. The intern didn't hit the record button, and now we're fucked again, so... On today's Footy Corner, co-host Steve and I validate some of Jeff's statements, surprisingly, but are City really playing a tortoise and hair game this season? Bruno continues his tear as Olay and crew pass the eye test in a win over Villa, Arsenal clobber Fat Sam, Liverpool are upset by their academy at St. Mary's, and Sandstorm is slowly becoming my least favorite song. Along with typical predictions, comments, Mount Rushmore, Nonce of the Week, and Gambling Corner, next. And we are back on the footy corner with another co-host today, Steve. Steve, how's everything going? Oh, you know, I'm living the quarantine life with a with a pregnant wife, so it's it's same same shit, different pile every day. You know, <laughs> we try to we try to mix things up a bit, but it's hard not to let the days blend together. So this is this is a good way to break it up for me. I always I always love coming on. I was gonna say you came in hot with the rhyme right away. That's pretty that's pretty sweet right there. How's Marie doing? Really good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. For, for the most part, you know, it, she's, she, we just hit the 20 week mark, which is like a big, a big mark during pregnancies. So it's, uh, you know, she's, she's had some discomforts and trouble sleeping here and there, which is just prepping us for post baby life. But right. right. Yeah. Other than that, it's, I mean, she's, she's mostly good and we're, we're excited, ready for this shit to happen. As are we, as are all of us at the footy corner. Uh, any any cravings that you can get on board that she's had? Honestly, it's weird. She hasn't really had many cravings other than like she. I guess the only thing I would say is like pie. Okay, whether it's like a French silk pie or pumpkin pie, or so I, I'm definitely Delicious. on board with every craving. Right? <laughs> she's like, can we get some French silk? Hell yes, we can. <laughs> yes i will awesome. i will order that shit right away it's nothing weird like you know peanut butter and pickles or some weird shit like that so. right i was gonna say i know a lot of weird stuff comes about and then also there's the um sometimes you can't have a food you really like because she, she you know the, the lady might not like that anything anything on there that you've been off of because she doesn't like it all of a sudden uh no not really i mean so there's certain things like we can't do like we would do we would try to do like random different ramen recipes and things like that, but she can't have it because it's too much sodium. Good sodium, yeah. Mm-hmm. Things like that, but there... I'm trying to think of anything, and I, I can't think of anything that she's really, like, unable to have that was a, a real staple. Right. Or, I mean, she right. wasn't a heavy drinker before anyway, so... Yeah, I just tell her now that she's eating for two and I'm drinking for two. So <laughs> there you go. It's not one of those situations where you have to not drink in solidarity. You can or like yeah. right now, you can kind of sneak away on the pod here and have your drinks. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I love it. <laughs> what, do you, what do you have in front of you right now? It looks good. Uh, I got a little scotch right here, just a little Glenlivet. And then I got some backup Coors Lights. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> what we like to hear. I love it. All right. Uh, awesome stuff. Glad to hear that. Um you know, I'm just coming off a high right now, the Purdue game. So I, I apologize. Uh, well, the people won't really notice, but we've delayed our recording a bit because I had to watch the end of the great comeback over Michigan State. So that's, I just want to shout that out on the pod real quick. I'm just um, I'm just glad you got something good going well in sports right now. So after that uh, yeah, Packers-Bears game. You, yeah, yeah. Do you think I was going to let that go? I'll say <laughs> I got. I'll say this. I drank and I, I 
I tweeted at the NFL a couple times, actually. So that was, that was a bit out of character <laughs> on my end. I'm sure you got a nice laugh out of that. I uh, <laughs> um, actually didn't see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, when the clock hit zero, um, I <laughs> God, so many people were complaining about the extra. <laughs> so I was I was drunk enough where I uh, tweeted at the NFL, and I've never tweeted at the NFL in my life. So that's how you know that I'm hammered. But um, but you know, I I'm one of those guys that says, you know what, they they got in, just enjoy it while you can, because this is a team that had no business making the playoffs. And how yeah. many playoff games as a Bears fan do I get to see? Not many. So I'm just going to enjoy it, you know, kick back. And if they somehow win this week, which I don't see any way of it happening, we'll just take our ass kicking next week and move on with our lives. So <laughs> are the – I haven't been watching as many Saints games. Is Drew Brees back? Eh, he's back, like in quotes. Okay. But, but he he doesn't – he's not as good as he's been in the past. And I okay. think that's – he can't – he doesn't have the strength. I think – I read actually a, a Saints uh, insider said something about how he's, you know, had he's been dealing with other injuries on the side, aside from those broken ribs he had. Uh, and he's still coming back from those. They have, you know, Tom, Michael Thomas is coming back, Alvin Kamar. But the only way I think we can win is if they, you know, if they're all just kind of coming back in the motion and screw up a little bit here or there. But, you know, never know. Anything can happen. I know this is not a football in that sense, pod, yeah. but uh I feel like the Bears could do something. I mean, mm-hmm. if, from, if I remember correctly from the Packers game against them, we rushed all over them. Mm-hmm. And you guys have a good running back. And yeah. their their strength on offense is – well, Kamara's good, but he hasn't been as good lately from my recollection. But mm-hmm. you guys could do something against them. Yeah, yeah. Your, and your something- weakness is your pass defense. And so uh, yeah. I, could, I could see you guys winning. I don't yeah, know. If you take- I'm rooting for you guys. Cheer. Oh yeah. Cheers. So you could slap us around one more time, but, but with that said, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if they take away the long ball, they they have a shot and, uh, you know, Hey, anything can happen as, as yeah. high as I was in 2018 about our chances. And then the double doink, it could always go the other way. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And like I said, you take it as bonus football, just enjoy yourself. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And you move on with it. But, uh, but yeah, you guys have yeah, a good this year. So and the Saints have sucked in the playoffs lately anyway, so exactly. you're good. <laughs> exactly. So I'm hoping playing a high-quality team last week of the season in a high-stakes game keeps us the motor running as they were playing a shit team. They were playing Carolina, I think, in their last game. So yeah. it was thrown in there. But you know, we'll see what happens. Eve of the NFL playoffs, so obviously people can see why we might be excited. Um, so we'll, we'll go on from there. But, yeah, it was a little fun NFL talk, good bants. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, we could – we could put on there if people want to put on the gambling corner of their NFL picks. Go for. I mean, it won't count for this, but I'm interested because I'll be betting on NFL football this week. Because I'm sure you will. Oh, yeah. I'll throw. I'll throw my. I'll throw my uh, NFL yeah. gambling. Let's the, let's share. Corner. Let's share with each other. Yeah, you know, let's see what happens. So, um, moving on though to the footy in England, um, the big game. And I know a lot of these games have happened for a while now, but it was tough really finding a time that you had a break in the action because we were just nonstop since like December 20th. But we get a little break there's EFL cup there's FA cup but there was Chelsea and Man City um and Chelsea with the with the loss 3-1 City wins uh Gudogan Foden and De Bruyne the goal scores there Adoy Hudson Oye gets a late goal that it's a consolation goal I I was actually I'll admit I was out shopping grocery shopping when this game was happening uh for the first half and I knew how it was going based on how the footy corner DM chat was going and I saw, <laughs> saw Jeff just a slew of, of, of messages from Jeff. And I was like, Oh, this, this can only be going one way. Um, his, his pants got tight real early in the game. 
Yeah, as you guys were talking about in the chat, you said the Foden goal and assist. Was that it? Was that when the... Uh... Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. none of their goals were particularly pretty, but they don't need to be, especially with the way they've been playing, like on defense. It, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, they they haven't been scoring goals, so I'm sure they'll take, they'll take anything. I, I do want to ask real quick, though, because you are a pretty good goalie from my, my recollection, uh, there was that back pass to Zach Steffen that he picks up the American making his, his first premier league start. It's good to important to mention that, um, you know, and, and what was with that free kick being outside the box? Am I missing the rules here? Shouldn't have that have been a indirect free kick in the, where it occurred. Right. So I, I saw it, I saw it live, but I wasn't like 100% focused on it. And going back and looking at the highlights, I couldn't tell where he stepped, and I, I'm wondering if he if he stepped out of the box. But I don't, I don't remember right. the exact right. rules on that. But mm-hmm. either way, I mean, I'm as a a U.S. men's national team fan. I'm very happy with the way he played throughout the game. Yeah, after the first five minutes, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, get the jitters out. Um, you know, real quick before I could relate, I actually had a story where I had to play goalie for a season uh, for a team as my kind of like, uh, it was my initiation and they didn't have, you know, teams have trouble getting goalies to play. So I said, all right, I'll play goalie for a year until we, we recruit, you know, another guy. Cause I'm like, I'm not very good. And yeah. I'll never forget a guy uh, through the, this is how I know the rule a little bit. He did a throw in, in my direction and there was a defender coming on and I'm like, well, and I couldn't, I didn't really have a chance to boot it. It was kind of in like my midsection. I just, I just grabbed it. And it was about four or five yards from the goal and ended up being an in, indirect free kick. So we, in the our, team, our team had the wildest wall I've ever seen uh, across like the entire goal. And it was, it was one of the weirdest things I've seen. They had to touch it. We had a charge. It was, it was crazy stuff. So, um, but yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting situation, but you mentioned Stefan played real well. Um, I guess we can talk, we can touch on um, Manchester City first. Uh, I know Jeff's going to love this, um, but you sent a, a graphic actually a, a bit ago that's golden, I thought. And it was the the, the defense, the amount that um, countries, the NATO defense expenditures. <laughs> and Man City spends more than Montenegro and is up there with Albania in overall defense. <laughs> They're up there with countries. So, I mean, they their defense has been playing well, but you know, as you were mentioning, it comes at a, <laughs> at a heavy cost, a good share there. Um, <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. Right. What are your thoughts on this partnership that Stones and Diaz have kind of formed and, and, and held down a bit for City? So I, I've got a theory that I'll get into, but mm-hmm. ultimately, like, they're playing well. Mm-hmm. Their, their defense as a unit, and, I, you know, when talking to Jeff about it in the, the footy corner DMs, he he's <laughs> – saying how Pep is a genius because he changed the style of play. And, I, you know, the last couple of weeks especially, I don't wholly disagree with him. Wow, that's, that's a rare thing. Yeah, and they're, <laughs> they're playing much more, it seems like it much more like methodical and in, intentful. Mm-hmm. And they, they take their time, and then when they need to, they, they get up there. They attack and you know they're not they're not scoring a ton, but they don't have to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing and it without their defense is playing well. Yeah, and they're doing it without a striker. They played a false nine. I think the the formation showed Foden up front, but then I think I saw De Bruyne up front a lot. They're they're rotating it, up, you know, rotating it. And I think Pep's actually played it really well. 
you know, Jeff mentioned now there are a few things in Jeff's long statement that he, he wrote a five point statement on Twitter. Um, I did not read a single. <laughs> I read the first the first tweet, and I was like, uh, here's here here's like a, this is the diatribe of like a religious zealot right now. Like I, I can't <laughs> I can't spend my time on this. So you, you enlighten me as to what he actually said because I just, didn't have time for it. I'll just ask a couple questions to you based on what you said and if you agree or not. He claims they've been playing this hare and tortoise game, uh, you know, to, <laughs> to in an overloaded season. We mentioned a bit in the last pod actually with Brian. Do you agree that Pep did this on purpose? Because I, I, I cannot. I, I don't because you don't know if games are going to happen or not. You mean – did he intentionally have his players get COVID so they couldn't play matches? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I, <laughs> I could, I could agree with the fact that he's playing a more defensive formation mm-hmm. and having his teams play more defensively, but a, a Heron tortoise game, like what is he trying to rope a dope right now? Like that's not, <laughs> I don't think he had the insight to say, all right, guys, hey, this is going to be a long a long season that's really going to take everything out of us, and a lot of people are getting injured, and therefore we're going to have a few guys get go down with COVID at the right time, and so too many guys are going down, so then we can't play a game. No. I, right. <clears throat> no. <laughs> I, I don't think – I think he changed the formation and set up a style of play that's advantageous. But no, I don't think he's that. Like, it's the people who originally thought that Donald Trump was playing 3D chess in the beginning of his. Like, oh, now we just see that he. Okay, got it. Yeah. I, won't, I, won't, I won't get political right now, but he's not even playing the right kind of checkers, mate. He doesn't even know what the hell's <laughs> going on out there. Yeah, but yeah, I, I will agree with that. I don't think Pep's plan was to have zero strikers available and to be playing Phil Foden and De Bruyne up front. Like, there's no way in hell. Yeah. Um, but to give, you know, like we said, give credit to the guy. He's done it. The last thing, I mean, he said four or five things, but I just want to point out the main ones. The last thing is he wants to say that City, what they did to Chelsea, is a wake-up call to the league, battered Chelsea with a depleted squad. Do you agree that this was a wake-up call to the league, our City back, so to speak? I know it's going to be hard to say yes to it because you don't want to. No, I like, here's here's the thing. He, he had said something to me as well as about, like, oh, it, you're afraid. You're afraid of City and the way they look right now. And ultimately, they I'm sure we'll touch on this many times. They, if there was a power ranking right now for the teams in the league, I would put City at number one. Mm-hmm. They are the best looking team in the league right now. That's right. Undoubted, like undebatable. <clears throat> but they're still in what position? Sixth? Yeah, I think uh, maybe fifth now, but yeah, yeah, it, it's yes, they are they are the best team in the league right now by their playing, but also we have to keep in mind that they have played the fewest games, mm-hmm. and the back half of the season, unless they start getting knocked out of the major competitions and have fewer games, like yes, the back half of the prem season is not as busy as the rest, but if they stay in every single competition longer, they're going to have more, more games coming up, more matches coming up. 
And then they have the two extra game in hands that they have to play. Like this, mm-hmm. that's the reason every other team is, in my opinion, having an issue because all their players are getting injured. There's no consistency. I think that's part of the reason, in my opinion, why Chelsea didn't look as good is because they have not, no one's been able to, to field the same team week in, week out. I mean, the, the defensive pairings for Liverpool, we'll get to that later, changed every fucking week. Yep. So it's, <clears throat> I think they've had the benefit of defensive consistency and health. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it comes down to for them. And, and I know Jeff always says games in hand, games in hand. Those aren't always wins. You can't just count those as three points, especially in today's Premier League. <laughs> and, and let's go to the team that you were mentioning. You know, you're saying every team or at least what I'm inferring and, and I'm agreeing with is that every team has had that stretch this season. Some are going through it now. Some went through it earlier. You know, some dealt with it at, at various points. We had Ole, Arteta, you know, Chelsea's another team now that's been dealing with a big issue. They've had uh, only, I think West Bromwich and Sheffield have had more losses since the start of December than Chelsea, which, and those are two teams you don't want to be in company with, no. Um, no. you know? So what, what do you think, you know, Lampard's struggling a bit, you know, the second year manager, uh, it, you know, can it be attributed more to his selection? Cause you know, you could look at either selection or you can maybe say, is he, is he managing the game incorrectly? Um, is it any one of these things or, or is there one that weighs higher than the other to you? It's, it's so, it's so tough to say right now because there's no, there's no team that looks consistent mm-hmm. or consistent, consistently good. I'll say. Right. Yes. Because there are teams there is a there is a team that is very consistent, and they are consistently shit. Uh, <laughs> zero matches still. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's tough to say. But in that in the match against City, in my mind, only one one player deserved to say they had a good match, and that was Pulisic. And maybe I'm biased there, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> it makes me think like. Are the the players that you're fielding that are they that different from last season? If so, why not try to field a team that's the kids like you did last season? Mm-hmm. Like just because you spent all this money on all these players doesn't mean you have to play them. Yeah. Yep. You and and what you mentioned, <clears throat> sorry, and what you mentioned is it's actually I just wanted to butt in because there's a stat that came up, um, and actually this was courtesy of Je- our friend Jeff. That said, at this on January third of twenty twenty, Chelsea were in fourth. Now they're in eighth. They've spent two hundred twenty two million in the last year. So, like you were saying, hey, last year you're kind of forced to play these guys, get consistency with them, and now it, getting all those players was exciting. But maybe it's caused a bit of a nightmare. You're not getting four amount of people. Timo Werner got to play up the middle of this game. Didn't didn't produce. Uh, you know that's his natural position. They had Abraham and Giroud on the bench because they wanted to play him in this position. Uh, Lampard, you know, has moved some guys around. Ziyech came straight in from an injury. I think he could have been maybe eased in. So, so I agree a little bit with the selection. I think maybe in the match too, the halftime, he could have made a change or two because they're getting blown off the pitch in the first half. Didn't make any changes. So I feel like, um, you're right. There, there's a, there's a, a balance. He's trying to get consistency out of a group, but then he's, he's mixing and matching. He's trying to say, okay, if this isn't working, how can I keep it fresh? So it's a tough conundrum that he's in that, like we said earlier, Arteta, Ole have faced and and well, you guys now by re, by way of injuries may be facing a little bit. So yeah, um, well, there. I don't know if you've ever read the book Soccernomics. 
<laughs> I haven't. I heard it's really good. It's it's a it's a fun read. Okay. I don't agree with everything they say in the book, but they at one point they they talk about how the the economics of soccer how it hurts so many managers because they bring on these the 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 owners and higher ups all pay 50 80 100 million for these players that come on and maybe they start playing like shit mm-hmm. but they feel like they have to play them and right. not give the players time to adjust and that's one thing i respect about Klopp obviously biased but <laughs> he doesn't always just jam a square peg into a round hole just because he paid a ton of money for Nabi Keita and he's always injured or like not fit to play mm-hmm. with this. You, you gotta see, I feel like there's gotta be a step back to say, okay, who is actually my best team? Not who did I pay the most for? And I think that's, that's part of the, struggle that Lampard might be having in picking his squad is because he's trying to rotate, but he's trying to rotate in the players that he paid a shit that had a shit ton of money paid paid for in the offseason to mm-hmm. to fit into the squad. And I don't know if it's working. Yeah. So yeah, he's gonna need to build some ruthlessness and, and like you said, stick with his team because they are free falling in the table. You know, uh, like I said, in eighth place, 26 points. Only three. I mean, and we know Arsenal struggles. They didn't win a league game between November first and uh, December twenty sixth. They're only three points out of Arsenal, so that's that's a, it's a rough way to go right now for Chelsea. So uh, prayers to Brian right now. I know how that feels. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on to a team that is now tied for first and has that quote unquote game in hand. Man United. Ole is 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 bringing them back. They win two one over uh, Villa. Uh, Martial and then Bruno on a pen, which I can maybe, maybe we'll bring up here in a second. Bertrand Chari with a nice goal for Aston Villa. Did you happen to catch the pen that was given for, for, uh, on Pogba that, that, uh, that was given to Bruno? I forgot that this was another in-game thing that I had found in. And yeah. So I wasn't, I don't know. I didn't have strong opinions on it either way. Yeah. I don't know. What, what was your take on it? I, you know, it's one of those that I felt like it, while it might have been weak, I'm going to take the same stance I took when the Tierney pen was given against uh, yeah. Chelsea. Might have been weak, but the feet did. I, I did see a slight tangle, and 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 they call that now. You know, like they're especially if they're going to go to VAR. You know, I think if it was if we didn't have VAR, that one may have been one that slipped. It was let go. Tierney one a few weeks ago in Chelsea might have been let go because that's something the ref may not catch right away. But when you slow everything down, like like we mentioned. Uh, yeah. they're, they're going to call that, and it, it was what it was. But you know, in a well, lot of people, I'll put it this way too. I, I, you know, back when we used to be able to go into the office, you know, the good old days. Being a, a Packers fan in Chicago, I would catch a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it usually worked out well for me because during my time in Chicago, the Packers have typically been good. Yeah, but I would always get into an argument with one of my one of my old coworkers about. Aaron Rodgers, for those who aren't familiar with the NFL, <clears throat> would do something bef- before a play is called. He would, if a, a team is switching their defense, he if he saw the team was being lazy and getting off the field and switching their defense, he'd hike the ball mm-hmm. and then take advantage of that and draw a penalty. Right. And he, the my coworker would always get pissed off about it and say like it's bullshit. It's cheap. It's stupid. It's, it's within and the rules. he'd say in, in 
my point was always, okay, are you mad at Rogers though? Or are you mad at the rules? Right. Yeah. And to me, that's a, that's a big, until, until the refs actually start calling people who are diving and actually giving cards for it, nothing's going to change. And so it's a part of the game. Yeah. So I have no problem with any player, even when it goes against Liverpool, like if a player is going to flop, they're going to flop. And if they actually convince the ref of it, then that's the way it is. It's, it sucks, but yeah, it's a part of the game. And until it's, until it's actually penalized and there's players who are, I don't know, until it actually affects a game the opposite way, no, no player is going to not try to draw attention to a foul. Right. So, yeah. I have no problem with the Pogba foul or any of that. And take advantage of it while you can, man. Yeah. Yeah. Until you see a flop called given like, cause they have always said they're going to lock it down, call yellows. I don't see it very much. And until they do, and you see someone get sent off for a second yellow for a dive, then yeah. like you said, you might not see anything. And like, and, and I like your analogy <laughs> to the, to the Rogers thing. Cause the other thing I want to bring up about that is, is can you blame him or the defense? Should the defense have had their shit together or not? Because a lot of these situations, the defender's scrambling back. That means the defender was out of position in the first place. Yeah. To the, the hectic situation. And, and, you know, sometimes you get penalized for it. Um, and, and that's what happened there. But I do want to say outside of that, a lot of people brought up, talk about the penalty. I thought United played really well. And I think they have been lately. Uh, we talk about Bruno Fernandez being a pen merchant, which he is. Uh, because <laughs> since the since the start since the start of February of 2020, he has more pens nine uh, than any other player by two goals. But it's also his 33rd goal involvement in 30 matches, uh, in which only Andy Cole has had more. I watched him play. He actually does play really well. Like, and and what's he supposed to do? Not make the penalties that other people have drawn? You know, like I, I get that we we say his stats are inflated and they may be, but I you know watching him in this game again. I thought he was fantastic on the pitch. You mentioned about how he's been a great signing for Olay. Yeah. Um, and I think he's really changed the team around. They play a lot of good stuff. Uh, and so I want to actually credit them for passing the eye test this week as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I believe I've mentioned this before, but like <clears throat> Olay is, he's a, he's a player's manager, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he's the kind of manager who's just like, let's just let the boys take care of it. I'll, I'll, I'll make some minor tweaks here and there. I'll, I'll set the starting lineup and kind of give him a, give him a nice little pep talk. But in my my head, he's like Phil Jackson, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's just, he's managing egos. But the problem is with a manager like that, in my head, you got to have at least one Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant level player mm-hmm. and before Bruno they didn't have that yep. in my head Pogba is <clears throat> he's an all-star he's not the not the he's not the assassin yep that like a Jordan or Kobe where Bruno and Cavani have that mindset or I, I question Cavani because I, I never really watched him at PSG. I've, I've seen like some of his highlights, but I never watched him consistently. Like you see Bruno play. Mm-hmm. 
So having at least seeing the way Cavani like fights for, you know, pens and he's, he's got that finishing mindset to me, you need players like that who are going to convince the team to, to take it a step higher. Yep. And that's, that's why, that's why man, you was starting to look better because Ole is just a player's manager. And yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. And speaking of, of Bruno real quick, last thing I want to say, you brought up a really cool, uh, cool thing. I think that was it Fox soccer. They posted. Yeah. Um, when they mentioned, you know, United and city, cause they met in the EFL cup, you know, we're not going to talk much about that, but who would you rather have running your midfield Bruno Fernandez or Kevin De Bruyne? And you said right now, Bruno, uh, all time KDB, um, so do you just want to explain that real quick or does it, is that self-explanatory? You think this might be a hot take and it's bound to piss off our friend North of the border, but <laughs> I brought it up. <laughs> KDB is okay. He scored a goal this past week, but that anybody standing in that spot could have, I could have scored that goal. Mm-hmm. There was nothing special about it. It was a poacher's goal. His first from open play this season, by the way. Yeah. Okay. He's been non-existent. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really like, yes, he's, he's made, he's had made some assists, but like if we were to have some sort of like metric, like in baseball, the wins over replacement. Yep. KDB's like a zero. He's just <laughs> even to any midfielder in the league. Like give me, give me a plus plus midfielder in the prem. And that's going to be the same as whatever KDB is doing. Where Bruno, there's, I'd be hesitant to say like any other midfielder is playing as well as Fernandez is this year. Mm -hmm. I I completely, yeah, that's one I have to agree with you on. Um, That if you, like I said, I I get what you're saying with KDB, if you take it over a a body of work, maybe, but if you extend Bruno's stretch into a few years and he does this for a few more years, then you can say, well, he was better than De, than De Bruyne. De Bruyne hasn't done what he did in the past um, couple of years. And, and uh, I think that's something if your city are a little concerned about, but, but speaking of Bruno, good, good, good on him. Uh, good on Olay for letting him go. But I want to mention a, a, um, something I saw on Twitter real quick at Patrick Duffy. And it wasn't even tweeted at us. I just saw it when I was scrolling through, but I thought it was a good point. So he's saying to give credit where it's due. If United had sacked Olay and brought in Pochettino and had gotten to where they are now, we'd be saying Poch is a genius. So, you know, Ole should get maybe a little more credit than he's gotten. I mean, that's, that's all I'm going to really say about that. Agree or disagree? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> the footy corner where we make you think hard and heavy. Yeah, I, I mean, like, that, but that's the problem with a body of work. It's like mm-hmm. Ole has also gone through some shit runs. That's true. And so we're we're not as we're not as easily swayed by like, okay, yeah, he's he's had five to ten good matches. Okay, so what? Where like Potch took a shit Tottenham team and made him pretty good and then, you know, had a had a shit season, so we got canned and now everyone's <clears throat> Yeah, oh, man. It's tough. I am I'm hesitant to say like Ole is the fucking bomb right now because of that I think he's he's on a good run, but I 
I don't know if you can credit, there's so many variables involved. I don't know if you can credit it all to, to Olay or if it's the fact that he's got some players who are making him look better, but that's, that's part of being a coach and a manager as well. It's like, do I take credit for this or is it the, the guys doing all the legwork and I'm just telling them where to stand at the right time? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's a very tough thing to tell. I think Pochettino is a better manager overall. And I think the body of work, like you said, has, has said that, but I also do agree a little bit on that take that people would be saying, Oh man, what a, what a genius this man is. And then, you know, Olay, because of what we've seen in the past, we're like, what's this shitmonger doing now? If Poch comes into PSG and they're like really shitty for a while, then his body of work, you know, diminishes and, and we, we take away from it. But uh, yeah, with Olay, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very crazy, interesting thing. He, like I said, I, I think I mentioned it the other week. He's like Ed Orgeron at, at LSU. Like, you know, he had, <laughs> he had a really good season with Joe Burrow, but like before that, everyone wanted him to do just well enough to stay in the position, uh, you know, and then he'd suck for a while. If, if you remember, he actually, you know, had a couple of rough years at LSU before they had the Joe Burrow. And then this year they even, had trouble again, but, but anyway, uh, <laughs> back to our footy. last question about these guys, about United. Um, you know, I, I think it's clear right now, again, at least to me, it might not be overall. I think Liverpool and city are, you know, it's, it looks like it's, it's, it's back. The cream has risen. Are you as a Liverpool fan, do you consider United a contender? Are you worried about them? Do they scare you at all? Or are you just saying they're here now long stretch? I'm still only worried about just one other team. So, I mentioned earlier my my power rankings. Mm-hmm. If I were to do it on a run of form right now, and I said I'd you know City's going to be number one, but in all honesty, United's number two. Yeah. And the weird thing I will say after saying that is that I'm I'm not as worried about this matchup as I was for the Spurs match, which is weird to say because. Mm-hmm. Spurs, you think like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna Spurs it up, it's fine. Where like United historically are like much better, but um, that doesn't mean I don't fear them. I, I as a fan, like I'm still worried about this game, but there's more of a mix of I'm worried about our run of play more than their run of play. All right, yeah, and. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mentioned earlier, Cavani and Brunard, they they got the mentality going for them. And I think it'll end up being a tie, but Okay. Yeah. I am still worried about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand the worry being heavily towards a Tottenham team that doesn't like to keep the ball and you're you guys are a team that like to possess the ball and then you know you play into their hands whereas united you never know what can happen now i do want to talk you said that you're a little worried let's move on to that liverpool uh result they they lost one nil to southampton this week uh you know danny ings early goal um you know it was it was an interesting one i don't know if he was trying to cross it or shoot it but it ended up (laughs) looking like a genius finish um, I think it's fair to say Trent. Pretty sure I've scored that goal before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think we all, you know, maybe each have had that one where we're like, did I hit that right? Did I? Yeah. <laughs> it's in. I thought I was trying to cross that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not sure what I was doing there. Um, you know, it's fair to say 
a couple of players didn't play as well. And I think the team maybe struggled a little more than they normally do, you know, and rightfully so, because maybe of injuries and, and Tiago was back for the first time. But I just, just before we go into it, I want to ask, there were two potential shouts. I don't want to make this NBAR show just yes or no on if these were penalties. The one, uh, the handball, I believe, uh, which Jack Stevens went in and slid. Do you think that was a pen and, or the one with Mane and Walker Peters that happened at what, probably like nine, 10 minutes later. So I have a hard time going back in and adjudicating something after the fact, like having been, I mean, granted it was like in my life, like 20 years ago, but I was a ref when I was younger and sometimes you see things differently real time. And yes, there's VAR now, but like, the the game is the game. And I, if they didn't call it, it wasn't. And I, you can get annoyed about it, but I, I, I'm not the, the type of fan that likes to go back and blame the refs for the fact that we, how many, I, I don't know the stats offhand, but we had like five shots on goal mm-hmm. at most, which is, we're we're playing Southampton. Yeah, they they have played well this season, but we're supposed to have the best team in the league. That's not going to cut it. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You meant that's a very interesting stat you mentioned. Actually, Liverpool's first shot on target was in the seventy fifth minute by Sadio yeah. Mane, which is the longest uh, I think they've gone on attempting a shot on goal since December of twenty fifteen, when it took eighty nine minutes against Newcastle. Um, yeah. So yeah. It was, Just, it, it was really weird. And, and you like to give credit to Southampton, but like you said, you know, it just seemed like the sharpness wasn't there. And it, and I think that was evident in the type of play that we saw from Trent Alexander Arnold. And I know a lot of people have shit on him this week and people will have a bad game. I mean, a guy is, you know, it's fair to say it's fair that, you know, he's played out unbelievably for two and a, two and a half season, two and a quarter seasons, had a couple bad games. And now it just, it's, it's poured on. He had 38 giveaways. I know that was like the magic number. Um, yeah, but, but I mean that'll happen. Uh, but you know, do these stats, does this kind of performance, because it did lack sharpness, does it worry you, or do you say, hey, it was a congested period? Now we have a few, a bit of time off. Our guys played. I think <coughs> some of your guys' main guys played today is a bit of a tune-up for for next, you know, your next game against United because the gap's pretty big between Premier League matches here. Are you are you worried about anything, or do you think they'll be refreshed and ready to go when they play United? I mean, I I would be lying if I didn't say that I was concerned at all. Mm-hmm. And the, I think that the biggest, the biggest thing that concerns me is looking back at last season, we didn't, we didn't win by, I know we like Klopp's whole thing this year is attacking the, attacking the title. Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't win by blowing teams out of the water. We won by winning the one to zero or two to one games. Right. And that is, that is the biggest thing right now where I'm like, it, it worried me more and more when we lost Virgil and Gomez. And that to me is like, what still is eating me about all this. Cause we're, we're not winning the one to zero games. We're losing them now. Mm Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we can, we can score 
but we, we can't win the one to zero, the two to one games. It's that's that those are the ones we're losing right now. And that's, that's really what sucks. But what is starting to put me at ease is that, yeah, like Trent has had a bad run of form. The game against Southampton, Robertson's touch was all over the fucking place, in my opinion. It, right. it seemed like everybody just had every time their, their first touch was off. It seemed like every time they tried to like switch field, the, the first touch was just like, oh, and it dropped right to the other person's foot after I touched the ball. But <clears throat> it's going to help knowing that we got Tiago coming back. Jota is supposed to be back at the end of the month. And I think Kata and Matip should be back. Not for Man U, but maybe the match after. So having more midfielders and defenders who are able to rotate through and and give give Liverpool the, the rest we need, I think is going to really help in the coming weeks, months, and hopefully keep us within striking distance of the title because that's that's my biggest concern. It's it's not the offense. I know we haven't been scoring, but I'm still not concerned about the offense because I know like that can turn on whenever it's it's like can we can we win the one to zero games that we need to? And that's what we're not winning right now. Well, I was going to say when Diego Jota comes back, they'll be able to freshen that front three up. I feel like there are times, it, it, and it's not to say they do get bored, but it just looks like they get bored a little bit. And it's like, where's that magic I saw last game? Where's the, you know, and then, um, like you said, then they get stuck in a match like this, don't score, and and, and it, it ends up the way it does. But to, to say something, you know, all these stats you're seeing about, hey, this is the pace that, that, that this team was on last year. This is the pace. You know, that was a historic pace that people have to realize doesn't happen all the time. And so for people to be like, oh, well, now we're fucked. We stink because last year we lost our, you know, what, second or third game in at the end of the year. Well, this, let's, folks, I mean, this season is wild. You know, this season is one in which I think a lot of teams that we're seeing can go through long slumps. And I'm not saying Liverpool is going to go on one or has. It's been, I think, three matches. But we've seen other teams face prolonged periods and – and some of them are in striking range for fourth place right now, you know, whereas I think Liverpool has a, has a clear chance of the title. They have everything's in their hands. It's, they still have destiny in their own hands. They, they take care of business. They're fine. Um, and so, yeah, I agree with you. Once they get these players back, it should work out. But again, this is a season where you have no idea what's going to happen. And I, I'm very excited for their, uh, their next match against city, the Liverpool city match that will come up again. I think that the teams will be in much better form this time than, than the previous match. It'll be a lot more fun to watch. Um, anything else you want to mention about Liverpool before we move on? Because I know they're your side. No, I mean, it. it, it I'll, I will say this. I, so I, there's, a, there's a Liverpool podcast that I listened to, and mm-hmm. it was very interesting last week. And I think they, they tend to be more upbeat and positive, and it was very interesting – to have like the realist aspect to it where they were like, the thing that's nuts about this season is there's almost, I mean, obviously not if you, if you look statistically, the possibility probably isn't there, but like there's a good possibility that Liverpool wins, but there's also a good possibility that they end up outside of European competition or outside of the UCL. Like 
Right. I was going to say, yeah, that'd be wild. I don't see it, but it's, I mean, it, it's possible. There's one point separating the top three teams. Mm-hmm. And then the next three teams after that are all tied with 29 points. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. as we've said the last, the last couple of times we've had a, a group chat on here, it's like anything can fucking happen. Who knows? Yeah. It's the pandemic, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, last year, last year, uh, like what the separation between Liverpool and everyone else was over like 11. It was 15, 20 points, maybe. Now you yeah, get 11 yeah. points between Liverpool and, and, and Crystal Palace, who's in 14. You know, <laughs> bananas. It's, so it's insane. So, yeah, you're right. Anything can happen. Actually, you know, you want to give a shout out to that podcast? Because I, I know I listen to an Arsenal one. It's cathartic sometimes when they when they lose. Like, like OK, there's someone else here with me that that is going through this shit right now, too. Because a lot of our friends actually are like, well, you, you can probably talk to a lot of our friends and listeners here because you got there are quite a few Liverpool fans. I don't know too many Arsenal fans. So uh, what, what is that podcast you listen to just as a. So it's through the athletic. It's called the Red Agenda. Okay, it's where, it's where I get my uh, fantasy Premier League team uh, name from. Uh, that's why you're on a roll right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as original. Well, not this past week. This past week was brutal. Before that, you were yeah, you were coming up. This week, I forgot to update, so I had some issues. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I listen to Arscast Extra, and they're pretty funny. I've I've shared clips with some people here or there. So if you guys want to listen, or actually, our end bit, I'll give them credit. Comes from them. It was uh, an Unai Emery bit that they threw together last year, and I just <laughs> thought it was the funniest shit I've ever heard. So. Um, moving on now, let's, it's perfect transition to Arsenal, uh, four, nothing winners over West Brom. One of the more enjoyable games for me this season, uh, Tierney, Saka had goals. Lacazette had a brace. Um, Saka who's been playing outstanding, but hasn't seen the fruits of his labor. Hasn't seen goals. Hasn't seen assists. Um, is starting to pour him on now. He has 22 goal involvement since the start of last season, uh, which is second in teenagers behind. Well, do you want to take a guess? Who's the teenager? Uh, in the Premier League currently that has had more goal involvement since the start of last season than him. Yeah, this guy is 25. Is it Foden? It's it's not. It was close. Okay. Foden, is, I think, is third or fourth. Okay. Yeah, it's not Foden, thank God. But it is a guy on that graphic, which I will talk about a little later. Do you remember there's a graphic on Twitter um, about top young players? Oh, fuck. I can't remember all four of them. Oh, yeah. No, I can't remember. It was Mason Greenwood has 25, which really quietly, right? Because I feel like this season I haven't heard much from him, but but, but maybe maybe that's maybe that's Man United as a whole. I feel like I remember when when maybe it was the last when you said, Oh, yeah, man, you is second. And I was like, Holy shit, they are second. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) quietly sneaking up around there but but you know I, I i noticed um you know coming back to arsenal you mentioned a lot uh, a, a little bit about Saka, and, and i read because i read your fantasy write-ups um those that aren't this year next year you should join steve's league it's it's fantastic he does power rankings and writes i always i mean when i get that email i'm always glued to it uh because it's spot on stuff but you mentioned in one of them you know Saka finally getting the points that he's been playing for um you know is, is he one of the key cards are there other players or, or do you see some of the change in, in who they, you know, who they've brought in? Is that what's sparking them on this like mini run? I know they've played a couple shit teams, um, but they're playing a lot better. Is that what you're seeing? I mean, I, I'll give my take. Obviously, I have my own, but I was just curious to see what your take on them is, and if they have any shot at European competition. I mean, obviously they have a shot. Like, I, like I said earlier, anything can fucking happen. 
Mm-hmm. If you if you can string a, a runner form together, absolutely. And that, that seems to be what Arsenal is doing right now. And Saka's playing like he might not he might not do it this year, but like he seems to be playing like he's got future world class written on him. Like right. that to me is like what's exciting about watching him. It's like, oh, it's this is someone who in a few years is gonna be a Bruno or <clears throat> a Tiago or someone something like that, where it's like the the guy that you're gonna want to tie down for a long term contract. Yes. And yeah. I don't know, like you're if you really want to continue to me, if Arsenal wants to continue this run of form, they're going to need Aubameyang to, to come back because especially I I made a, I made a bet in the beginning of the year. I put like, I don't know, five bucks on Aubameyang uh, winning the, the golden boot. Obviously, obviously I jinxed you guys, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry, sorry about that. No worries. Hey, you might still win if he goes bananas. Spot. Yeah, he'll he'll need to go <laughs> fucking off the wall. Uh, <laughs> That's true. but but if he if he steps it up and you guys have multiple players on the squad really showing out, mm-hmm. I don't see why you guys can't end up in Champions League or at least Europa. obviously Europe Europa like yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely, you know, I, I agree with you there on on the the you know Saka. First of all, you know, a lot of what I'm seeing in him, and and it's not because he has the same number, but but it's I'm seeing a lot of Raheem Sterling out of him. The growth in his game, the pace, the ability to go up the wing, and then if he adds that little finishing bit, which he's done now a couple games, because if you yeah. remember, that was when Raheem Sterling was with Liverpool. That was his one thing. He was so good, but his finish, like he he didn't really get that down. I feel like until the end of his Liverpool career slash when he went to Man City. Now that's my worry with Saka. Like he'll be working on it, working on it. And then a big, you know, some other team's going to come in if we're not making that leap. And it ended up working out for you guys anyway, because you got a lot of money for him. And then now you guys are really good. Um, and you guys have built a good squad out of selling him and Coutinho. Uh, but, you know, I'm hoping that Arsenal can, can hold him because man, I think the addition of Smith Rowe in the 10 role has really opened that, that up a lot of, Players are passing through Smith Rowe, and he's got a nice little one touch. They've called him the uh, the Croydon De Bruyne, uh, which I think is a little <laughs> it's a bit much. Um, but I feel like Arsenal's run has come intact with these three youngsters, those two and Martinelli, coming back into the squad, bringing yeah. energy, showing some of these guys like William, who was useless, uh, how to play. You know, professionally run full speed, hundred um, percent, and they're making a difference. And like you said, I you know. You were you nailed it right on the head. This team just needs these veterans to step up now because yeah. the young guys are killing it. If you can get a Bamiang going, uh, Thomas Partey, a lot of people forgot about him, but he's yeah. back in training. Uh, and I think if he gets in some games, uh, and you know, which is crazy because he had one injury, I think one injury his whole career, comes to Arsenal and misses more games than he's missed his entire you know career. <laughs> It's the Arsenal curse with injuries. But I think if you insert them, I also agree. I know I have the red colored glasses that I didn't have a month ago, but they can, you know, just like any team, like you said, can make a run for a European spot. I'm more, you know, I I have more faith that it'd be a Europa spot. I don't see them completely making that leap yet. But if they play like they did against West Brom, I know you saw, 
because I retweeted one of the clips that was like, this is vintage Arsenal, the second goal they scored. Uh, even the tyranny goal, which was, I mean, I, I think the snow makes everything look better. But, oh, yeah. But, but um, you know, especially in, in NFL too. But, but that, I don't know if you saw the tyranny goal where he just takes the guy on, cuts in, and then shoots with his off foot. I mean, that was some stuff that I have not seen in a long time. Granted, it's West Brom, but, but West Brom has played big teams really well this year. They, they've yeah. drawn, they've drawn uh, Liverpool city and Chelsea. You got to bring that up again. Yeah. I mean, we've lost to Burnley. So like, you know, as a, as an Arsenal fan, a lot of people will say, well, you just did that against West Brom. Well, I mean, you know, Arsenal hasn't beaten teams like, like that this season like that. So was, was big Sam the manager when you got, no, no, he wasn't. Was he? Yeah. For the West Brom game. The, 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 yeah, we, we've defeated. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it was, Jesus. It was just this week. What am I fucking yeah. doing? No, but, <laughs> but it seems like, that, and that's, but that's, I was going to say, cause that's his fucking style. He, mm-hmm. he just wants to, he just wants to tie you. He doesn't want to be. <laughs> exactly. It's the big Sam way. And, and yeah. the thing about big Sam was, if you remember, uh, there was an episode with Arvin a few weeks back and he said, remember how I mentioned, or he mentioned that big Sam talked about how Arsenal are West Brom's relegation competition. I think he gave him bulletin board information. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, (laughs) when you say that kind of shit about a team, they might take it personally. Um, And especially like a traditional big six team. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, you think, oh, you think this is, this is going to stay this way. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. No, no, no. But I do agree. Veteran does have to step up. Last thing I'll say about Big Sam against Arsenal, he's now lost to Arsenal as the manager of eight different clubs. Uh, He's lost them as the manager of Bolton. Are you serious? Yeah. Bolton, Newcastle, Blackburn, West Ham, Sunderland, Crystal Palace, Everton, and West Brom. So So, there's a... There's a, a, a sports podcast that I listen to done by 538. Mm-hmm. And they, at the end of every episode, they they do what they call the, the sports rabbit hole of the week. It's all about like statistics and metrics and all that. Mm-hmm. And I want to see, is there a rabbit hole to say, like, is there another manager that has lost to one team with that many different teams? That's a good question. That is, that is incredible. It's it is so. Can you tweet at them? Is that can you tweet at that podcast? Oh, yeah. oh I'm one hundred percent going to ask. I'm, I'm interested too, and then, and then that way we can uh, get the answer. I don't know if the interns got it. You, you the, your research department has been more valuable than the intern lately. I'll say so. Uh, I'll reach out. To, I'll reach out to the intern. We'll 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 talk after the after the pod. There you go. Perfect. So last uh, last big kind of game I want to delve into before just kind of breezing over the others is. Tottenham, the other North London team, 3-0 winners over Leeds. Um, the goals were, I mean, no surprise, Kane and Son scoring. Um, yeah. Alderweireld also gets on the score sheet. Uh, you know, 3 nothing. you sit there and you say, oh, good result for Tottenham. But do we credit Tottenham in this type of game? Or do we, you know, we say, hey, Leeds, we know Tottenham sits back. We'll hit you on the counter. Leeds loves to attack, 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 leaves themselves exposed. I mean, is this something you could see coming or like do you give credit to Spurs or do you say, Hey, you know, Bielsa really should have tried to just, just hold the reins back just a little bit and know what's going on and know that Tom likes to give possession. Tom gave 63% possession this game. Uh, so do you blame this more on Bielsa or, or, or is this Tottenham masterclass at its finest? In all, in all honesty, I, 
I'd probably say the latter, but so here's, here's the, the ultimate thing of it is there, there's always going to be a degree of every coach believes in their team, right. To at least to some degree. And they're going to say, we've got to play our style. When we play our style at the, at the max, we can play it. If we, if we play to the best of our abilities, we'll beat anyone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if they, if that manager also knows that their style of play is directly con- like contradicted by their opponent, st- like best style of play, and that that opponent is also better than them. Yeah. At it. And not saying like Tottenham's a world beater, but Mourinho is known for 100% like, I want to, I won't say park the bus, but like he's, he's counterattacking. Like, you know that. And if your style of play is easily beaten by that and it's proven time and time again, and you don't do anything to, to counter that, that's, I blame the manager there. Yeah. So that's why I, I I blame Bielsa there. Like that's, That's that's the way I saw it. Is he he didn't he he didn't do enough to to counter what Mourinho was doing. Yeah, you're you're throwing your soldiers into an unwinnable battle, essentially. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You're a general, and you've just done what the other side loves to see, and 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 you're it's a bloodbath on your end. And uh, but but I will say this: they they had a few chances earlier in the before Kane got his pen in the 29th. And I think had Leeds scored first, because Tottenham's that type of team that if you can, I could see sometimes maybe what the manager's trying to do. If you can catch them first and sit back then, now now they're in deep trouble. But yeah. I think only one team has done that this year that scored first on them because they're just so organized in, in the back. Uh, you know, it's been able to hold them off. Uh, it was, was it you guys or they scored first on you? I can't remember. It was one team that did it. And then... That was the only team that has been ahead of them, I think, at halftime. So, uh, that said, I mean, Tottenham, you know, doing what they have to do. Uh, I don't think there's really too much else to say about that. I just really wanted to debate that part. Anything you want to add about either of these teams before we move on? I don't think there's much else to add. It was a, <laughs> once the match started, it was just kind of like, okay, yep, we're yeah. done. Yeah. We're done here. After Kane scores, you're like, all right, just pack it up. We're done. <laughs> you know, I will say I do have a need for fans to come back. I, um, I used to like sandstorm and, uh, now <laughs> I hear every time Tottenham scores and I just, it pissed. Now I'm just, every time I hear that, I'm like, shit has Tottenham scored. You know, I hear it somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> now I can't enjoy that song anymore, man. It's a, it's a great goal song, but it's just the wrong team that it plays for. Uh, all right. With, with that said, uh, let's just cover the other results real quick. Newcastle one, Leicester two, Madison and Tielemans with goals for Leicester, Carroll, the goal for Newcastle. Everton zero, West Ham one, Suchek with another goal there. Uh, Brighton three, Wolves three, and maybe the most uh, boring 3-3 game I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Connolly, Malpe, and Dunk for Brighton. Sice, Neves, and then a burn own goal for Wolves. And finally, Palace two, Sheffield nil, Schlupp, and my boy Abereche Eze with a goal. Um, Fulham and Burnley were postponed, but I'm sure you didn't miss that. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, any, um, you know, I, I do have a couple things I want to mention just about these, nothing really about the matches, just some side news about some of these teams. Uh, anything you wanted to mention on these results that, that caught your eye or anything special to you? I mean, pretty run of the mill stuff. I mean, Everton pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because I, mostly because I bet on them. <laughs> I did Wolves, see that in the gambling corner. Wolves as well. Uh, you know, but Sheffield, <laughs> Sheffield losing two to zero, just standard. Yeah. Standard operating procedure here. It's there's nothing new there, right? With Wolves, I think the shock was that they gave up so many. You don't see that from Nuno's team. Yeah, right. that 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 was probably the biggest surprise of the week to me. And and all honestly, well, okay, wait, no, <laughs> Liverpool lost to Southampton. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bit rough. Second second biggest surprise of the week, right? <laughs> I will say, speaking of Wolves, um, I don't know if you heard that Nuno was fined $25,000 uh, or pounds, sorry. I keep saying dollars, pounds, um, for his, um, I think he, he uh, well, now the, the link is gone, but he ripped on Lee Mason. I don't know if you remember, it was a few weeks ago. He just kept going off on Lee Mason. So he's been fined 25000 but shout out Nuno. It was one of the better press conferences if you get a chance to watch that. Um, the other thing I do want to mention before we go on is Burnley. Did you hear about them? They, uh, there was a takeover. They, they have a uh, American owners now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're all excited about that. Um, I'm trying to find the name of those owners, but again, it doesn't always mean great things. I heard actually that that group, it came out today only had to upfront pay 25 million pounds, which is less than your points for players. Yeah. I mean, that was the upfront payment. I think overall it was like 200 or 250 million, which again, that's not much more than some players by themselves go. Um, so yeah. <laughs> for, for people out there that think, oh, just because Burnley's been bought by a new team, now they're going to get all these purchases. Uh, you know, you never know with an American owner. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you could have Cronky. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh God. He is. Yeah. Shout out to uh, anyone that hates on the Cronkies because they are garbage. Um, did you see the, well, did you see the, uh, you know, the men in blazers? Oh, I love their show. They're, they're top, but I, I haven't, I, I don't catch them too often. What time are they? What's, what's the best time to see them? I saw a bit. They had, they had Wenger on recently. Yeah. I, I think it's around six typically. Okay. I got to see it more. I love that show. Well, you know, one of the hosts, Roger Bennett, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a big bears fan. Yeah. Yeah. He actually loves Chicago cause he came over from Liverpool, but he's an Everton fan. So yeah. Yeah. He, it, I mean, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And that's why he likes the Sox, because he's an Everton After, fan. Yeah, so he's he's a Bears, Sox, Everton fan. Right. So <laughs> I absolutely fucking hate him. <laughs> right? I was going to say he likes every team that you don't, but, I, but he's such a character. Well, but here's the thing. like, You know, as a Detroit Tigers, Green Bay Packers, Liverpool fan, I also like – I mean, Everton, I don't really care about. <laughs> right. The yeah. White Sox, I respect. Bears, I respect. Yeah. There's only there's only one team in each of those divisions that I, like, hate. I hate the Vikings. Oh, God. Yeah. No one can stand the Vikings. Well, because all their fans are fucking assholes. That's true. That's actually very true. <laughs> with with no good reason. They've never they, won anything, but they, they think they're cousins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the... Roger Bennett, he does a he does a shot of uh, 
what's the what's the German liqueur? Oh, um, uh, Jägermeister. Jägermeister. Sorry, yeah. He does a shot of Jägermeister after every Everton and Chicago Bears loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But he did one after the loss to the Packers. <laughs> in honor of Stan Kroenke because Stan Kroenke who owns Arsenal, right? Yeah. Also the LA Rams, LA, the LA Rams who won, who <laughs> let the bears. And he's like, I never thought I would cheers to Stan Kroenke, but, and here we are. And then fucking takes a shot. Of, takes a shot of Jaeger. I was like, all right, my man, I respect it. Good shot. I should have been thinking about some homework though. If he's, if he's a Chicago guy, why is he not ripping Malort? Should have. Should have. Yeah. I feel like we'll have a few of us doing Malort by the end of the season. I, I'm just waiting for more facts <laughs> to come in. Brian is – it's not looking good for Brian. I'll tell you that. No, I'll do a shot of Malort with him. Yeah. You know what? Let's all do it in solidarity. I mean, I, I'll speak for us. I'll do it too. So we'll do 100% it. 100% I'm in. I mean, Ari, you know, probably back out because he's the pussy. <laughs> We're waiting to hear from Ari. What do you have to say about that? Uh, Jeff, does Jeff even have Malort in Canada? Can he get it? Listen, we'll ship it. Yeah, we'll ship it. Nikhil, you get into, I'm sure you can find it on California. Something. Well, maybe. We'll ship it to you guys. We'll ship it to both of you. little mini. I, I'm sure Benny's probably has like a mini shooter or something that we can sneak into like a package for them. So Yeah, there's, there's got to be a way we can ship it. Mm-hmm. Some way. Drizzly, a good old Drizzly. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know how that works. Um, but yeah, so that was that was really the main stuff. I have the numbers here now. It's a 200 million pound takeover for 84% stake in Burnley from the Delaware based ALK. Uh, so I guess we'll see what, uh, what they do. Um, Delaware, huh? Yeah. They don't have too many other notable things except for they recently took over real salt Lake in MLS. So I mean, hmm. I haven't really heard too much noise from them there. Uh, Jeff can let us know. He's more of the MLS expert. Um, I like the fire, but I don't, I, I can't say I know MLS as much as Jeff. Uh, all right. With that said, let's go to week 17 scores. Uh, well, only four of us participated. It was, you know, again, it was like the new year. So I understand people got busy. Um, Jeff led the way with 17. So props to him for having the most this past week. Uh, yeah. then Ryan had 13 and then you and I stunk mate. Uh, I had 10, you had nine. So, um, not great. Arine and Nikhil not participating. They uh, came out winners ahead of us, really, because they were, you know, that average, you don't want to go below it, you know. So um, Brian remains in first, 13.18. Nikhil's in second with 13. Then I'm in third, 12.82. It gets real tight. Arine, 12.53. And then Stevie of 12.31. So we're all within decimal points here. And then Jeff at 11.53. He's getting closer. Had a, you know, had a really good week, but he needs a few of those. You need to get like, I mean, cause the beginning of the season was just brutal for Jeff. With that said, um, a lot of questions coming up on which matches we're predicting this week. It's a, the schedule's wild. Cause once a matches start Tuesday, it's like nonstop for, there literally is not a day that there isn't a match until yeah. like 20 something. So I tried to find a day where I'm like, all right, when can I squeeze, you know, what can a recording possibly get squeezed out? And I think Martin Luther King day is next Monday. And I'm off, so um, I'm going to try to find a way either that Sunday or Monday to get a recording out. Uh, mm. So that's why I decided Arsenal and Newcastle on Monday is the cutoff. So even if the recording happens Sunday, you know, just in case, let's predict that game. So we got about 16 matches to predict for games that are happening up to 10 days out. So you can excuse us, excuse us if we get a few things incorrect here. 
<laughs> let's 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 roll it here. You ready to go? Yeah. All right. We start with Burnley and Man United. I got uh, Burnley nil, Man United two, and Bruno. Oh fuck. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. I mean, Same thing. It's yeah. It's one of those things. You got to You got to pick the safe bet. Uh, Sheffield and Newcastle in a, one of those matches that I and I don't know. I might watch for fantasy purposes. Uh, I got Sheffield zero, Newcastle one. Callum Wilson. Uh, I got Sheffield zero, Newcastle one. Joe Linton. There you go, Joe Clinton, the friend of the pod. Let's get him on the board. Um, Wolves and Everton should be decent. I got Wolves one, Everton two, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I got Wolves two, Everton two, Neto. Like, I like the Neto pick. And also, um, I, I hear they're recalling Patron, so hopefully he can get really? it at some point. Uh, but again, I don't, think they'll integ- I don't think he'll integrate for at least two weeks. He, he also didn't play that well before, but we'll see um, to, to help them at the striker position. But I do love the Neto pick because I will have him coming up a little later here. Uh, Man City, Brighton. I think City keeps it rolling, 3 nothing. I got De Bruyne. Man City, Brighton. I got two to zero, good to one. All right. Ilkay to keep it going. Uh, Villa Tottenham in a match I think will be pretty fun. I also think the Villa attacks a lot and it might hurt them in the end. I got Villa one, Tottenham two, Son with a counter goal. I got Villa two, Tottenham one. Love it. Kane. Love it. I absolutely love it. And I hope that it's right. And I hope I've cursed him by picking him. Uh, but not enough for this match. Arsenal and Crystal Palace. Um, I think Arsenal's defense has been pretty decent. I got Arsenal two, Palace nil. And I think Lacazette will keep it going. You're going to like this. I got three to zero. Ooh. Arsenal. Saka. I love it. It's, <laughs> he's on my fantasy team. So I, I double love that. And he's he's going to play for me this week. Just just the <laughs> Well, especially this week because it's only technically has like six games. So yeah, brutal. And now fast. is the time to use that one chip. What's that one chip where you can make the free hit? Yeah, the free hit. Now is the free hit week. Uh, Fulham and Chelsea. I think Chelsea gets back on the right foot. I got Fulham nil, Chelsea two, and Captain America, man, Christian Pulisic. Ah, uh, my man. I got I got one to zero, Pulisic. There we go. Love it. Uh, Wolves and West Brom. I feel like we just talked about both of them recently here, but Wolves, I got two nil, and now I got Pedro Nato scoring. So I think with the second match mm-hmm. in the match week, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tough. I'm going to say one to zero opponents. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, you know what? I can see that. It's a, it's a quick turnaround. We just mentioned them. And uh, I don't think we had mentioned West Brom. So, yeah. Uh, West Ham and Burnley. Another one that's like, eh. I got West Ham two, Burnley nil. And I was trying to think of someone that would score. And I got Gerard Bowen. Ooh. I got uh, West Ham one. Friendly zero, Suchek. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that guy, you don't think he's going to score. He doesn't look like he'll score. He looks like the local milkman. I fucking left him on my bench this last week. Oh, oh that's brutal, mate, because he's a good cheap buy. And, and I, I just fucking bought him, too. And, and you'd think, you think, though, because there were so many zeros, that he didn't get in as a sub? Like, he wasn't, like, one of your – because my primary subs have gotten in the last few weeks because you don't know who's getting benched and who's not. Oh. Yeah. Well, maybe this week you'll play him and he'll score for you. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be fun. I got 2-2, two, two, and I've got the villain, Neil Mappe. I got Leeds 2, Brighton 1, Bamford. All right. Oh, yeah, Bamford. I'm Bamford right. every fucking week. Fantasy. There we go. Um, Villa Everton should be fun. I got Villa 2, Everton 1, and I like El Ghazi. God, 
every time we get the same score. Villa two, <laughs> Everton one. But I got, I think Ali Watford's going to open up the scoring here. There you go. I, I I love to see him score. He's been he's been slacking a bit, and I think that's when he comes through. He'll start he'll start striking because I love the guy from his Brentford days. Um, and and you know what? Hopefully we both have good weeks because we're picking similar scores, like you said. Uh, Leicester Southampton. I'm going to give respect to Southampton because every week we come in here, and I always every week I pick against them. So I'll pick him to win. Shock Lester two one. Danny Ings. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lester two to zero. Vardy. All right, that's probably the safer bet to be honest. Uh, Sheffield. I always go safe option. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sheffield Tottenham is one of those where, like, on paper, you're like, okay, Tottenham's going to shit kick, shit pump them. But Sheffield's one of those teams that just sits back too. So this, the ball might just be at midfield for about 80 minutes and no, <laughs> yeah. one, no, one, tu- no one touches shit. <laughs> yeah, like the kickoff happens and both teams just just uh, withdraw back to their final third. Uh, <laughs> that'd be bananas. But I've got Sheffield nil. I think Tottenham will get one uh, with Harry Kane, potentially a penalty. I got Tottenham three, Sheffield zero. All so right. I'm, I'm picking the opposite side of that with Kane. Well, and it could happen if they score one. I, they're one of those teams that when they get one, then the other team yeah. pushes, and then the floodgates open. So the, the, yeah. that's also a possibility. I think it's a matter of when will that first goal happen. Yeah. So the earlier, so the more likely your way. Liverpool United, the big match, I think, out of the week. Uh, I've got – and then Liverpool's at home. And to me, they play really well at home. And I've got Liverpool two, United one, and I've got Mo Salah because he scores in big games. I got my, I got my rose-colored glasses on. Mm-hmm. Same score, but Mane. There you go. I like it. I, I'm, I, I feel good about there. Like you said, I feel a little better than the Tottenham game. They ended up winning that game. Uh, we'll see what happens here. City Palace. City 2, Palace 1. I think they'll be rotating a bit, and I think Riyad Mahrez will get a goal in this one. I had picked Mahrez earlier, but Ooh. Uh, I changed it uh-huh. because I think they're going to – I think they might rotate a little bit. Okay. I think it's going to be City 4 – Palace zero with Foden. So they'll keep it rolling. And and Jeff Jeff probably just went full erect hearing that. Oh, he's not going to be able to stand up in front of a one for hours. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, Mr. Jeffy. Uh, and then finally, <laughs> uh, little Jeffy's going to stand. Uh, <laughs> we, and this is why we've got the explicit next to our name. Then we got Arsenal Newcastle, which is next Monday. Um, so it's a while from now. But let's try to guess ahead of time and who will be playing somehow. I got Arsenal three. I, I think they're going to keep it going. Newcastle one. I think they'll give one up to Newcastle. It could be could be closer. And I think Martinelli is going to get a shot in this game, and I think he's going to score. I got Arsenal two, Newcastle one mm-hmm. with – I think Aubameyang is going to start picking it up. Let's go. In the right goal this time, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, please, everyone else, get your picks in at the footy corner two. Uh, looking forward to seeing how those roll in. All right, so now going to the comments, um, something that was that was brought up, and, and the intern didn't do a good job, you know, speaking of the intern a little bit here and there, uh, of of getting this out because the intern was supposed to put either hashtag Yoshi guy or hashtag Yoshi girl. Brian said, maybe I'm unknowingly sexist, but I always assumed Yoshi was male. Um, and that was the f- weirdest and fastest tangent on the footy corner. No, we've had weirder. Um <laughs> It, he's wondering, is its name Yoshi is, or is the species called Yoshi's? I don't know. Do you have any idea, Steve? Because I have no idea. <laughs> and do you think Yoshi is male or female? 
Oh man, androgynous? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, these days, you're I, politically correct here. I mean, hey, I'm gonna say male. Like, I, I feel like I, I always, I mean, Yoshi was always my character in Mario Kart, right? Because Yoshi is the fastest. Yeah, I don't know if it's proven, but in my head, 100 fucking percent, Yoshi is the fastest. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's true. You're right. Oh, you might be onto something. You might be onto something because Birdo, you guys, you know Birdo? Uh-uh. Have you ever seen the character? Birdo is that that douchebag character that spits eggs out of like you the froze. The, 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 oh, I froze. Am I back? Uh-oh. Hold on. Are, are we good now? Yeah, we're good. All right. We had some internet issues. We're back. Uh, we'll find a way, the intern will find a way to cut this in and out. It'll be good. Um, about Birdo? What was that? What about Birdo? Birdo. So Birdo's the one that had like that. There was the pink character and had like eggs coming out of like the, the, the nose mouth area. Uh, I guess I haven't played Mario Kart in forever. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, it kind of, I don't like, know all the new characters. Yeah. Birdo's mouth. And this is going to sound real bad. So if anyone has kids, close their ears now. Birdo's face kind of looks like a, like a, fuck hole like uh <laughs> like if you look at oh. a, a big one but you know kind of like you can just anyway um <laughs> uh, looking oh up... dear god <laughs> what the fuck is this character exactly i don't know but it, but apparently it says nintendo has treated birdo as a female and depicted her as romantically involved with yoshi so yoshi may be male i so this is bananas we're finding some weird uh, Birdo known in Japanese as Catherine. What the hell? I feel like they're making fun of us now. They're like, oh, let's just use the whitest name possible. <laughs> and how is this shit? This is bananas. Well, speaking on if Yoshi's the name of the species, apparently they're called Yoshi Soars in Mario World yeah, cartoon. They're fictional dinosaurs. Holy shit. So is Yoshi the name of that that dinosaur then? Of the Yoshi shows? Yeah, but I'm reading right now as well that Yoshi is Luigi's sidekick. So he's the sidekick of a sidekick. That's really embarrassing. The assistant. <laughs> oh, my God. Embarrassing is that shit. <laughs> We're finding out a lot of wild stuff. This is open to, uh, you know, a lot. Um, yeah, it's only a matter of time. My bet is, my bet is boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. After all this, I think I'm changing my tune because I originally said female because it laid eggs, but I guess there's a female partner, although it could be Yoshi could be lesbian. Um, but it could also be like trans. I was going to say frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Where they inseminate the egg outside of the body. Okay, that's better. <laughs> it's better than my take. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, mate. <laughs> this is what happened. I'm, I'm into it. All right, let's rock. <laughs> Super Mario World comes on, and you've been drinking for an hour. <laughs> oh my days! <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I want the other listeners to jump in. Let us know if you knew any of this shit because this is this is wild. Um, I also feel like we need to all get together when this ends and play like. Uh, have you ever played? Um, is it No Drink No Drive with Mario Kart, where you have a can? Oh. You yes, you ha you have to finish your beer before you finish the race. Yep, yep. Strategy exactly. that works every time. 
Yeah. And you're supposed to, and the only time if you're drinking, you can't drink and drive at the same time. So you have to put your controller down to drink. So you have to figure out when to do all this shit. So that's always strategy. The strategy, hundred percent, shove your beer at the start of the race. Yeah. And then you get all the good shit when you get on the question marks, Yeah, all the red shells and shit. So um, yeah, that'll be fun. If we can do that, get the uh, footy corner, uh, at least the ones that are around here, maybe we'll find a time where Jeff's, Jeff's going to be around when, when things open up again. Um, it's good shit. Um, so a, a lot of other cool stuff that came up, uh, we'll move, we'll move on from there. Um, good conversation you guys had about people from the same state starting in a match together. Um, I think Brian asked, uh, if two people from the same state have ever, have ever started an EPL match like Pulisic and Stefan, both from Pennsylvania. Uh, and it looks like you and the intern spoke on that. Mostly you came up, I think with that uh, Brad Guzan was the backup for Villa against Tim Howard led Everton in 2011. And Michael Bradley was a reserve. So three from Jersey. Um, which is I, Looking into that, the more research I did on that, the more I realized apparently New Jersey is a, a soccer hotspot in the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Bradley is from New Jersey. Like so many like great, great in quotations, at least for the U.S., <clears throat> but great American men soccer players are from Jersey. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It is. It's a lot. It's a lot. Actually, Tim Howard went to the same school as my roommate in college. And uh, really, Devin might be listening. He always mentions it. Yeah. When we bring him up, um, we also had an episode earlier in the year is, is Tim Howard white. Um, he, he had some, some words on that uh, on, on, yeah, that he's like, Oh, he went to my school. So I was like, there you go. Um, Do you know, he's got Tourette's. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was saying, he had, actually he had some stories. You know what? I should try to get him on the show to tell us about Tim Howard a bit. I don't That'd think be great, cause I always watch him like, cause he's on NBC sports all the time. And I'm always wondering what the fuck is his tick? Yeah. I, I don't see It's it. like the thing, like it, it, it's not always like swearing like right. me, but <laughs> they're, they just have like a yeah. tick. Something. I can't tell what his tick is. I can't catch it. And honestly, he's, I think he's one of the best to watch um, in terms of his analysis. I love how he breaks it down. He calmly says, you know, even if a team is fucking about and stinking it up the house, he breaks, he does a better job. I think than some do it like breaking down what the problem is rather than just, cause there are ways you can do that. And then there are ways you can shit on the team fully. And yeah. he, he picks it apart in a way that like, I think his experience as, as a player, as a goalie that, that watched the game from the perspective he did as a captain, um, playing and as a, and as a keeper, because all keepers do is watch soccer all day. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And, and we got a, we got a front row view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're directing the back line and you usually are the one that's noticing because you've got that perspective that, like you said, sees everything and notices the gameplay a lot better than others. do. Yeah. So that's why when you guys, when people go to huddles in halftime, you got to listen to your keeper. <laughs> Keeper's been seeing what's happening. Probably has a better perspective than you do. So yeah. <laughs> there's that. That was pretty cool. Um, there was talk about some some father-son combos, the Cruyffs, the Maldinis, and even the Lampards, apparently. Um, have, have really? Together at some point. Yeah. So there's a cool uh, cool little article that uh, was pulled up, and we'll have the intern uh, retweet it as I intern. Oh, there you go. They've done it. So it's up on our, uh, it's up on our Twitter page. So you can check that out. The intern keeps their job for a week. Yes. The intern is safe <laughs> unless Brian goes off on the intern. So then <laughs> when that's going to happen. See, I think the intern's safe when you're on the show. 
But when Brian comes on, it gets a little volatile with the intern. I'm much more forgiving. You yes. know? <laughs> and I, and the intern who, uh, no, no beer for you, um, is thankful. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, Jeff brought up a good point. Rank these four in terms of potential. I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the post. It's uh, Phil Foden, uh, Mason Greenwood, Gabriel Martinelli, and Calum Hudson-Odoi. Uh, what is your preliminary? Even if you just want to say who's number one, because I know remembering all those four might be. So you got Foden, Greenwood, Martinelli, Hudson, Adoy, and he's based ranked potential. Uh, yeah, I would I would say based off probably like who you would take if you had a choice, and you say, hey, Liverpool, you know, say that you're you know you're not necessarily so strong in one position, you get to pick up any one of these players. So as much as it annoys me because I know Jeff's just going to get so excited about it. It's going to be Foden, number one. Yep. Martinelli, number two. Jeff also says Foden. And I agree. I think he's come through a lot lately. I mean, he's just had the most exposure, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and it it helps too because he's playing on the best team. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean he's the best player. He just, he's got the best support around him. He's he's able to show out because he is playing really well That's around true. the best team. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'll say Foden, Martinelli, yes. Greenwood, Hudson, Adoy. I actually have the exact same order as you and Jeff had it similar, except he flipped he has Greenwood two, Martinelli three in some, uh, some sort of a Manchester, uh, uh, bias, I think so. Love fest. <laughs> yeah, right. They're all uh, they're all having orgies down in Manchester, even though you pretend. Oh, just them. a bunch of incest in Manchester. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, defend that because I, I think it's true. Um, Mar- Martinelli, I'm pretty excited about. I mean, a lot of players I've seen around the league say good things about him um, and, and think he could be something great. And Hudson Odoi, I thought had a few good minutes here or there, but it's not consistent. He's coming off a few injuries. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing with Hudson Adoy. Like he, it doesn't help the team that he plays on is full of like what's yep. really expensive players who aren't playing well. Yeah, and that plays position. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that too. So <laughs> they're taking his spots a lot, and that kind of sucks, I guess, for him. But it'll be interesting to see how these how these players, um, you know, how they play out over the years. And and a lot of other teams have a few guys. I know you guys have a couple players coming up. So before I move on to the next topic, I just want to know, is there a Liverpool player that you've seen maybe this season or that you're interested in or, or that you have promised for that maybe one of the younger guys? Um, and they could, like I said, it could be someone you've had a lot of them play this season. Who do you like the most out of kind of your young crop? Oh, man. Because uh, I think I have my pick. It's tough because a lot of them will show up in like one game and then another one shows up in another game and I really like Curtis Jones, but I'm interested to hear your your take. Curtis Jones, Curtis Jones stands out for sure. I I think the the problem is like not knowing 100% who's it's it's tough to know this year, right? Yeah, with the inconsistency of play across the league. Mm-hmm. So in my in my head, it's probably a one A and one B with Curtis Jones being. Uh, no, I would say it's one and two because okay. I think Curtis Jones has had more more match time. Sure. So it's going to be Curtis Jones, then Kelleher. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Queefy and Kelleher 
Um, yeah, we put queefing, you know, yeah. it was like quarantine police. So, so we had to do it. And it was funny because like, if someone looks at the title of that episode, they're like, man, these guys shit on him. But actually we saw a lot of nice things about him in the episode. So it was just, oh yeah. Like, I mean, he played, he, he, he's played out of this world. Yeah. Much better than Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Fuck, it's not that much harder to, <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't, I won't shit on Adrian. Yeah. He, he did fine last year. <laughs> You're right. So a few things that I just kind of want to bring up that I weren't maybe mentioned uh, by any listeners, but I, I came across a few things like when I'm scrolling through Twitter and I find something I'm like, you know what, this would be a cool story to share. Um, I'm just curious on if you've heard of this. I don't think many have that um, uh, Roman Abramovich intervened back in the day to block John Terry's move to Liverpool uh, after Chelsea icon had shook hands on a deal with the Premier League rivals. So apparently John Terry had shook hands with the late Gerard Houllier, the guy who, who just passed away recently, um, yeah. over a transfer to Liverpool. Uh, I think this was back in 2003 or four. It says that Chelsea were in financial turmoil. Um, so Terry was one of the most promising youngsters at Stamford Bridge, but the hierarchy were reluctant to give him a new deal due to their financial situation at the time. Uh, and his contract was going to expire. It was 03. So Houllier approaches Terry over signing um, and they actually shake hands uh, but I think what ended up happening was Chelsea wins in the final game of the season um, to get a Champions League spot. They get that extra money, uh, and they weren't going to offer Lampard or Terry a contract, but because of that extra money they had, Abramovich came in, stopped it. Well, I mean, how crazy would that have been if Terry was a Liverpool player? <laughs> I mean, that would have been absurd. It would have been wild. And History then, changing. <clears throat> you know, it's it's weird because, like, as NFL fans, we, we see it regularly, like, yeah, but it's, it's usually like minor players like Adrian Amos, who's a safety for, who used to be a safety for the bears came over the Packers, Jimmy Graham, who was a tight end for the Packers for two, three years, went over the bears and Clinton Dix, things like that. But, but not someone who you think is like, well, I guess it's almost like seeing Brett Favre in a Minnesota Vikings Jersey. That was wild, but that was but that was like at the end of his career. It's not right. like when Terry was right as prime ish coming up. The biggest takeaway I have from that is just thinking like Abramovich is a, a McCaskey or a Ford with money. Yeah, <laughs> with with more money. I guess they're all fucking billionaires or millionaires, multimillionaires, <laughs> whatever. Right. But like it, yeah. All right, you got a shit ton of money, and you care about your team. Mm-hmm. You're willing to spend it. <laughs> it's outrageous. Yeah, but I mean that that would be that would be very weird. I, I'm happy it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back on careers, I, I don't know. I'm like Terry was good, but. Yeah, I think it helped. I don't, I don't feel like I would have felt better about him having been on Liverpool's team. I don't think it would have made that big of an impact on anything. So, and I think him being at Chelsea, uh, it, it it and being the feisty player he was, it allowed some of those rivalries to boom the way they did. A lot of I think at least Arsenal hate was centered around John Terry, and I'm pretty sure you guys also didn't like him very much uh, <laughs> when he would take him on because the type like the type of player he was. He would he would pick and nip at at, at people, and talk and. Hey, uh, you know, it, it, you brought a, that far thing you brought up was very good because it reminded me Lampard. A lot of people don't know went to Manchester City at the very end. So yeah, there's that too. Um, 
there was that. But yeah, I thought that was crazy. I hadn't heard about that. And I was like, so if anyone had known out there, um, yeah, Jer- uh, Chase, I almost called him Jason Terry again. Uh, John Terry. <laughs> the Eagle, jet. right? <laughs> or yeah, the Jet. The yeah. Jet. <laughs> That's right. John Terry almost signed, not the Jet, almost signs with uh, Liverpool. That would have been crazy. Um, another quick story I want to bring up is the, I'm sure you've heard of it by now. We mentioned a little bit way in the past that Edison Cavani might face a suspension. Now he is with that, uh, that comment he had made earlier in the season on Instagram. Um, the FA has suspended him three matches uh, for making the comment on using the Spanish word uh, negrito. Um, really? Which does translate as, you know, but, but we went over what that was a while ago. It was, you know, translate as a um, oh. black person, but it's commonly used as a term of endearment in Uruguay uh, and other Spanish-speaking countries. So they've, they've suspended him. And actually, Uruguay, the Players Union, has accused the FA of being racist um, for making the ban and saying, you know, um, that, that he deleted the post, he apologized, you know, he didn't know the context. That's how we do it in our society. So a little crazy back and forth. I'm just curious on what your take is here. Are you on the Uruguayan players union side or the FA side? Yeah. I'm on the side with our here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I believe I mentioned this at the time of like, mm-hmm. it is, so I, for people who don't know, I had an exchange student from Brazil okay. when I was in high school and have been down there a few times since and <clears throat> going down there, there, there are terms that are, that are passed around that are not taken the same way as it might've been taken up here. It's, it's more like saying, Hey man, you're black. And it's like, yeah, I'm black. Right. Like you are pointing out a physical feature of mine and, you know, like friends will talk about each other and saying like, what up big nose? How's it going? Right. right. It's not, it's not taken as offensively as we might in the U S and I think there's, there's context that we don't fully understand and that the FA is ignoring here into my head to fine him or suspend him for any period of time is just ignorance. It's, it's stupid. It's, it's showing power just to show you can, I think it, it I think it's coming from a place of fear of retaliation from fans and people who don't understand the context versus trying to go out and explain their position and why they're not. Yeah. So that ultimately is what it comes down to is they're saying, uh, we'd rather suspend you to avoid retaliation than to explain why we're not suspending you. Yeah. Yeah. And with him, that's something that at the time when we, when I spoke about, I said, you know, maybe he should, he should, he should be a little more uh, sensitive to how things are on there. But when a guy comes off as sincere as he did with his apology, you know, you see Comes off as sincere, and Edison Cavani is not a type of guy. And I'm not to like characterize certain people, but he's not the type of guy that's gonna, uh, you know, do shit like that and then you know bullshit his way out of it. He's not a player. Not nothing in his. And I feel like once he apologized and did that, um, I think that was kind of required because he didn't understand it. But I think once someone has learned a little bit and and and, and understood maybe what wasn't right in one culture, but is is how it is in their culture. The three games was excessive. I mean, it. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't find him or 
or suspend him any games uh, because of, of the apology. Now, if if it was one game, I wouldn't have been as – I think three is very, very ridiculous. Um, and now I won't go as far as saying that the FA is racist. I'm more – as you're going to say, I'm on your side in saying that um, – Maybe they're afraid because in today's society, right? If you don't take action on something, um, you're going to get you're going to get the brunt of it. And so, to take the pressure off themselves, they go, you know what? We're going to slap this on him. And uh, yeah, the Uruguayan players union not happy. So we'll see how that one plays out, I guess. But um, I'm not sure exactly which games he's suspended for, or if he's already served. Maybe one or two of them, but make it for the Carabao Cup. Yeah, right. I, I'm sure he doesn't <laughs> care about that. Uh, quick other tidbits, two more that I really want to bring up real quick. Mike Tyson, um, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, has endeared himself to Man United fans. Uh, and why is that? Uh, because during a joint interview with a lifelong City fan and fellow boxing legend Ricky Hatton, not sure if you've heard of Ricky Hatton. Um, oh, yeah. Any boxing guys know that. <laughs> so they were interviewing, I guess, and that he and Tyson was asked for his thoughts on the citizens who had won their first Premier League title in, in 2003. So this was actually in 2013, but I don't know why this interview came back up recently. Tyson says, I've been in Manchester for long periods of time, and I've never heard of Manchester City, he claimed. Uh, the first time I heard of Manchester City was because of Manchester United. So I'm just curious on if Jeff uh, Paris is a uh, Mike Tyson fan anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and are you a Mike Tyson? Would you and our be Mike Tyson fans now? No, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, this isn't a situation where you, Oh, I align myself with the enemy of my enemy type of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the only thing I remember Ricky Hatton for is getting his ass kicked by, uh, what's his name? Fuck. Uh, Mc, not McGregor. Uh, who's the, the actual boxer who fought McGregor? That's who I'm thinking of. But Oh, Mayweather? Yeah, Mayweather. Yeah, Mayweather. I like took the shit out of him. <laughs> it was supposed to be big, but it wasn't. Yeah, it, it was one of those that we. I spent a lot of money getting that fight on pay-per-view, and he got his ass kicked. And I'm like, yeah. what the hell am I even why, – why am I – I'm not a boxing fan. What am I fucking doing? <laughs> the hype. It was all the hype. So that I'm just annoyed even hearing Hatton's name. Right. <laughs> Well, he's a man fan, so there's that. Uh, so one more thing I want to bring up. The CIES, uh, I should know what it stands for, but I do not. Uh, the CIS Football Observatory, I guess a lot of people put stock into how they value players. I don't know if you've – have you seen this recently? They um, they no. valued the top 20 players in the world. Like they, they put a, a, a pound amount on the top players. And do you know who the most valuable player is according to them? Do you want me to – I don't know if you – I don't think you'll get it. It's that wild. Oh, I just I just googled it. <laughs> can you? It's what? can you believe it's Marcus Rashford by thirteen million, like one hundred and fifty point one million by thirteen million. I mean, he's done a lot out of soccer, but I don't think that should raise his value as a soccer player. Uh, and then to see Erling Holland thirteen million behind him, Trent is third, Bruno Fernandez is fourth. I think Bruno Fernandez is better than. Marcus Rashford, despite the age difference there. Kylian Mbappe's fifth, Sancho sixth, Jao Felix seven, Alfonso Davies eighth, Raheem Sterling ninth, and just to top out the top 10, Kai Havertz is 10. Um, so the only thing that I can think of when seeing this as like, as a data analyst mm-hmm. is thinking, what was their, 
what were the the variables in their algorithm? That's because something that if, if there's if there's like jersey sales or anything that's like fandom related versus like pure playing and performance. So it's basing it off the greatest transfer values and it factors in age and contract length. So if they have more years left on their contract automatically, um, it raises their value is what I'm reading here. Um, but Rashford has only two years remaining plus the option of a further year. But still, man, that's to me, if that's all it is, you know, plus that's that's weird, but I don't know. Part of it, part of it too, to me is like, there's a lot of players who like, all right, say anybody signs Mbappe mm-hmm. and the, the buyout clause for Mbappe is a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. It's going to be made up in a month in yeah. Jersey six. So there, there's no concern there. Like yeah. if you, if your team has a like a minor possibility of signing him, mm-hmm. approach your bank and get a fucking loan. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you'll, you'll pay it off in a month. I agree. And I know Rashford has a lot of the, the fans on his side with all of the stuff he's been doing in England for youth, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> homeless hunger and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know everything. I'm not as well-versed in it, but like, I know he's been doing a lot. So he's been doing a lot of Jersey sales and that's why I don't know if there's, if there's any of that involved with it, but yeah. he's playing well, but not that well. Right. Right. That's one of those things that I, I might even look further in this algorithm. Like <laughs> I, I saw this just really, I threw it in cause I saw it today or yesterday and, and, and just saved the link and then reread it today. And it's just like, thought, what? What is it? <laughs> Like, like if we look at our teams, the teams of the people on this, the, the the people that mostly listen are on the pod. We've got um Liverpool players, Trent's third, uh, Salah's twelfth, Sadio Mane is fourteenth, um, Saka's the top teen idol. Yeah, Saka's fifteenth. He's the only Arsenal player in there. Uh, Chelsea has Havertz and Warner that are ten and eleven. Uh, City have Ruben Diaz at thirteen, Raheem Sterling at nine, uh, and Kane is nineteenth. How about this? Arena will love this. Pogba is below McTominay. <laughs> really? I wait. My, I haven't gone past twenty. Where? What? What are their numbers? So I. I, I don't know. I'm looking on. Uh, I'm looking on ESPN for this. It's uh, Pogba is fifty point six million, and uh-huh. McTominay is fifty nine million. So really? McTominay is eighty fourth place. I, yeah. I feel like there's a British bump because teams have to have a certain allocation of British players on their team. That has yeah. to be, right? Oh, yeah. There's, there's gotta be the most money is what? there. I don't know. This is wild. Um, yeah, yeah. So a CIES, you might be getting drunk tweets from me soon. Um, that the NFL <laughs> <Yeah>. got. <laughs> so, let's see how that rolls out. Um, with that said, let's, uh, so cool stuff there. Let's jump to, a part that I think a lot of the listeners enjoy. I know we enjoy it when we do it, the Mount Rushmore. Um, so last time, the Mount Rushmore was between Brian and myself. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm winning now these days. I had 57% of the vote. Brian had 43 in the Mount Rushmore of 2020. We didn't have any comments on it. Um, I won with the Zoom coronavirus, Dr. Fauci, and Rudy Giuliani exposed. Uh, 
he had Trump losing, which was a power play, but he also had the last dance playoff bubbles and Shits Creek Emmy sweep. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? Did you have anything to add? Cause I know we, we had some retweets. We had some likes. We didn't have any comments on this one. Did you have a take on the 2021? No, I just want to fucking forget 2020, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I know I bought a house and my wife got pregnant, but we just need to move past this shit. <laughs> I agree. And I think that's the that's the thing. A lot of us are looking past like personal things. Like for you, you had actually like that, that the pair of awesome news there. Um, we we got married technically, but again, both of us are like, eh, fuck it. Plus our real wedding, <laughs> as you saw, the, the, the card is going to be on August 8th. Um, yeah. Which is seven months from today. So... That uh, that website needs to get updated tomorrow. Shite. So, <laughs> there's that. Uh, it's gonna be a long night, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, that might happen tomorrow. We might have to do that tomorrow. Uh, I might. We'll see if I could stall till after the games. It was a triple header of football tomorrow. I'll see what I can get out of this. Uh, but I might have to do it tomorrow during the games to save to watch the Bears. Uh, that said, let's go to uh, this Mount Rushmore. It will be. I thought it was a cool one. Icon uh, jerseys. Any jersey that like pops out to you is soccer. Uh, iconic soccer jerseys. Um, because if we did all sports, I think that would be one that we'd have to do with like the entire panel because there's so many options. But even within soccer, I think this is really to the eye of the beholder. Whichever you know, is it iconic? Is it, it could be one you really liked? Um, but I tried to kind of go with the ones that are like, if you see this jersey, you know exactly what team you're looking at. It's a beauty. Um, so since you are the Guest co-host, Steve, I'll let you choose whether you go first or second. I'm going to go first. First. All right. Let's see who you're taking. Don't take my pick, mate. So, and this will probably set up most of my picks, unfortunately, but I like, I always like, I mean, my sense of style is more like, give me simplicity. Mm Mm-hmm. There's like, to me, there's elegance in simplicity. Like, keep yeah. it simple, get the job done. Mm-hmm. I like just solid colors. Uh-oh. And there's a bit of, like, bias. Like I had mentioned earlier, I had an exchange student from Brazil. I oh, love yeah. Brazilian culture. So, the Brazil yep. national team. Yep, I like that pick. Anarinias. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, the yellows. Yeah. And that, so that was on my list. I'll give you that. Um, that's a great pick. It wasn't my top one, but it was one of them. And actually, I'm in the same direction as you. Because um, when I first, when we first brought this topic up, I thought uh, club teams. I thought about club teams and I was thinking left and right. I was like, wait a minute. Some of the greatest jerseys I've seen have been in World Cups. Um, because I feel like club sites, they change them so often that you know that base gets you know redone a bit and you have to kind of pick like which one did i like and some teams really change it but with yeah. international it'll change every four years and in the past it used to never change and i i went with you know a team that when i was younger i have no tie to them at all um but i simply just liked them because i thought they had some neat neat jerseys and it was simple and it's very similar to your yellows orange the dutch orange Damn it! Uh, I just freaking love them, and and uh, the first yeah. World Cup I ever watched was '94, and they they did pretty well in it. And I actually rooted for them because of their jerseys. So yeah. to this day, I usually will root for them because I think it's pretty sweet uh, when they wear those. Um, yeah, La Ranja. There we go. There, that was that was actually my next pick. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so a couple iconic ones. I like how we started this. Uh, with my second pick, I'm going to try to just spread it out because I do have a good spread of club and international ones here. Um, I'm going to go to one that 
I, you know, I don't really care for the team too much one way or the other, but I just love the jerseys that you can always pick them out when you see them. And it's not a big league. It's the green hoops of Celtic. Uh, I, you know, I just, I just think those are some sweet jerseys, the green and white. Uh, and so those are very distinguishable. And you'll notice I have a lot of stripes in my, my thoughts and picks. You might see on honorable mentions, but I got to go with the Celtic green and whites. So yeah, that was, that was on my list, but not near the top, not near the top. It's, yeah. So let's see. Uh, let's see if you take any of mine. It's a good thing. I wrote like nine or 10. Cause this, I mean, all of these may go off. <laughs> uh, so this one is primarily because of their last world cup mm-hmm. kit. Mm-hmm. But it was in it, it go. It's kind of the antithesis of uh, what I had just said about liking simplicity. Yeah. But the the Nigeria home team. Yep. <laughs> Do you want me to specifically say the '98 ones, or just all of them that they worn? Kind of here. And all there? of them. Or, or, I, I mean, mean, the 2018. I said. <laughs> I, it, looking back, so I, I did some research on this ahead of time, like. I love the I love the like green on green and white. It's it you know who you're looking at when you oh, yeah. looking at the Nigeria home team. It, it's awesome. I, I know actually of multiple people that bought their jersey because they thought they were sweet, especially for the last World Cup. That clearly were not from Nigeria, uh, but just just were like this is a sick kit, and I had it on my list too because I think they do a they always do a great job. I like a lot of what the African team African teams do, but I think Nigeria always hits it spot on. They're they're really yeah. good, so that was a good pick. Who are you going to go on your rep around here? So, in my sports fandom, there's there's a lot of teams that I I I don't like the teams, but I like their jerseys. You know, yeah. Obviously, I, I love the Red Wings, but like you look at the Blackhawks jerseys, right? They're classic. The, the Red Wings are classic. The Blackhawks are classic. They're, it's yeah. just a good like rivalry. That's true. The Packers, I like. I like their jerseys. I like their colors. The Bears colors though are just like spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this yeah. might piss you off a lot. <laughs> oh, but Tottenham's. <laughs> colors and they're well so that's the thing i was trying to because there's a there's a few teams that have whites as their home kit yeah Mm -hmm. real madrid but but to me tottenham's colors like that that navy blue and white is just it when when they walk out it's just fresh and especially the little bird if we were doing crests right the, the badge for tottenham is just Real fucking clean. So I'm saying Tottenham. I'll give you that because uh, I do make fun of him. I call him cock on ball, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it really is a clean badge and it's a clean look that um, when they're wearing the ones, I, I didn't like when they put seatbelts on them. I don't know if you remember they had the sash. Um, yeah. That, that I didn't like, but I, I agree when they're wearing like the clean, the whites with the the, the dark blues. Yeah. It's a, it's a good look. And I, I do like the, it's funny how you mentioned that. Cause I actually do like when my, when the rivals play the teams, I like, I love the clash of colors. I just, it's just something goes into it. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. It's, it's on right now. And yeah. it, it's not a set of colors. You're like, well, this is some shit here. So uh, yeah, I actually agree with you there. I, I think of my rivals and I'm like, they really put it together. Not just like you said, Tottenham. I think the green Bay colors are very distinguishable. Um, and they're not, they're not the best colors, but they're distinguishable. They're distinguishable. And so, you know, you're playing and they've made it look good because of how they played in them. And so you're like, all right, now Norwich has detracted from that a bit, but 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and I agree. I, I think with hockey too, you got the, the the original six is all just beautiful. Uh, with and I'm I'm glad the Hawks and Wings are playing a bunch of times this year. We could all just watch some miserable hockey together. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I will then. I got two picks to wrap this up. I'm going to do another uh, national team and then a club for the national team. I will go with. Oh, there's so many good ones here. Um, and I don't think you're going to pick Real Madrid. I'm not going to pick them. They're my honorable mention. I, cause they are clean. I, I do. I also do like the clean white look, uh, but I'm going to go with just cause there's so many iconic pictures in this uniform. And I think lately I haven't liked how they've altered it a bit, but I love the, the teal blue and white stripes of Argentina, the vertical stripes, uh, mm. the, the videos of Maradona wearing them. And, and like I said, lately, I kind of feel like they've gone away from it a little bit here, there, but, but, I like like the old yeah. 80s clips when they they've know. got like those nowadays they've got like the navy blue which just yeah. spotted the light blue on there like yeah. go back to go back to what you're known for exactly it was it was way better then and so uh, yeah when the Argentina was wearing those kits in the 80s and 90s oh that was a thing of beauty uh, yeah then for my last pick of course I'm going to be a a homer just because one of the reasons I, I fell in love with with uh, the Gunners aside from their play. I like that they were the distinguishable and a few teams do have it too, where they have the white sleeves and the red um, Jersey, the day they go to a home kit and they don't have those white sleeves, it, it'll be a little upsetting. Um, uh, and I know a lot of people have liked their 0506 kit where they went all dark red, but, but I like their, the red with the white sleeve, it's just distinguishable. I think Ajax is another team that does it, but has stripes in there somewhere. So I, I, I love the arsenal kits. And uh, so I'm going to go with them with my last pick as owner pick. So my my second to last pick, I'm going. Wait, so you wait, you already have made three though. So you have one more. Oh, I made oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's tough. You got to pick one now. <laughs> I know I have so many here that I can pick. This was a fun exercise looking at all these kids. Now you have a big decision. Yeah. So it was it was down between Liverpool or AC Milan, and I'm gonna go Homer. I'm gonna go Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah they've had some solid the red kits i mean we both like red i think we can say yeah uh, so well and especially as i said i like the simplicity where like ac milan the red and black is iconic and you know who you're looking at but yep it's also i don't like you know vertical stripes man come on what yeah. are you doing <laughs> <laughs> right yeah you know what it's funny you had them on the list i had them too as an honorable mention ac milan inter milan um, I also had wolves. Yes. See, I, I'm a big fan of the orange kits too. I had wolves, yeah. and then also, if you there was one or two seasons, a lot of people don't like them, but Blackpool when they were in the league, they wear orange as well. They're pretty fun. Um, I also had uh, Dortmund. Okay. Yes. Yep. I had because I played on a team that wore their jerseys. My my last pick, just in case we went completely off the rails. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm, I'm a big fan of – you see it a lot in American sports franchises where – well, not a lot, but a few, a few cities like where the, the entire city goes around one color. Yeah. Pittsburgh, the mm-hmm. Seattle Sounders. Yeah. The green, yep, that green color. Um, it's it's so unique when you, when, you see, when you see a Seattle team play, you know that yeah, neon green – yeah, it's them. You also got to love that their soccer and their football teams have the exact same colors so that if they're going to a game in that stadium, 
I was going to say, don't they play in the same stadium too? They do. Yeah. So it's a, it's real nice. It's a good combo. I like that one. Um, yeah, I also had Real Madrid that goes along your clean whites. Um, and then if, if for me, if it had gotten far, I know they kind of look like the Hamburglers, but I feel like Juventus is just a very distinguishable kit. Uh, but yeah, they do look like they're they're coming out of jail. So uh, <laughs> that was my last ditch effort. If I'm like, I really got to pick out of something. But I, you know, I had the Milan's on here, so it should be uh, yeah. Any 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 other picks that you had? Just that's. We had covered a lot. That was it for me. Okay, cool. Yeah, if anyone else has anything or if uh, there are grievances, I'm sure there will be against our picks. Um, let us know at the footy corner too. Um, you can also directly tweet at us, but I'm sure it'll get to either of us if you tweet at that the account. Um, I, I will say before we move on to the announce of the week, um, I, I did not enjoy seeing you guys in Man City kits against Southampton. What, what was that all about? Like, I'm watching the match. You guys were wearing like that blue. I, I didn't, for some reason when it came out, I said, no, this isn't bad. But when I watched it in action, it's like, uh, I, I just, I was mixing up who was who. And I'm like, wait, what, what is this? So I, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. And like, I believe Arine had mentioned it on a previous episode where it was like, if it's not in your crest, don't put it on your jerseys. And yes, technically speaking, we have that teal in our jerseys or in, in the in the badge. Yeah. I just hate it though, because like, and it's not a bad thing. Like it that is that is a color as you mentioned. It it reminds you of Man City. It doesn't remind you of Liverpool, right? Like you can you can make it so it's like interspersed within the colors within the jersey, but the entire fucking thing. Come on, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those where like I, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, not a bad jersey. And then when I watched it in action, it's like, oh, this is no, it's not, it's not flying for me. But uh, with that said, uh, we skipped this last episode, so let's go to this week's nonce of the week. You are a nonce, You're a nonce, mate. All right, and we have a few candidates here. Um, and we'll go through them kind of quick because a lot of these are self-explainable. Um, and a lot of these were actually sent in by listeners. You actually sent the first one in. Uh, the advocate uh, Aurora employee who intentionally removed the vaccine, a bunch of vaccines that couldn't get used, which to me was just outrageous. Um, <laughs> so many people are so grateful to get it. But uh, 57 Moderna vaccine vials were removed from a pharmacy refrigerator at the Aurora Medical Center, Grafton overnight that resulted in f- more than 500 doses that could be discarded. And I've heard, I mean, this was very Nazi, but I've heard across the uh, way we've been so disorganized that people are throwing away doses that expire because, you know, there's no organization around this. And that, you know, I've heard a couple nice stories on the other side of it where some pharmacists are like, uh, we're about to close. I'm gonna have to throw this out. Does anyone want a shot that's in the store? And, and they'll give it. But uh, that's a bit shaky. But yeah, you you brought this one up, the advocate or health employee. What what would your co- course of action be for this employee? They're one hundred percent fired. Yeah, like yeah. you're, I, I, in the medical field. Don't don't you have to take an oath? Like mm-hmm. first off, do no harm. Yeah, you are you are doing harm there, bro. Mm-hmm. And they 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 said in the interview, if you if you read the article, the guy didn't do it on accident. Right. Yeah. That's the most puzzling part. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, no, I knew what I was doing. I, I took it out on purpose. Like, oh, so you're one of those, you're a, you're one of those QAnonist conspiracists who, uh, who think 
there's some sort of microchip in here who's going to like take all, Bill Gates is going to own your brain after you take this. Mm-hmm. And he's going to control you instead of going from the fridge to the bed to go somewhere else instead. Okay. Got it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's unreal. I mean, that's, that's up. I mean, so I'm telling you we have strong candidates this week. That is up there. You know, I think it's going to give a run with the last one. Um, this second one is a little more of a, well, not a terribly funny, funny one. Cause Breaking down lockdown rules, we've seen it a lot. Uh, but the reason Andre Gray makes the list, and this is courtesy of Brian, um, the reason Andre Gray makes this list is because he has now held more illegal gatherings, which are two, than goals scored since the pandemic started. He scored one. Um, so because of that, we have a lot of other players that have breached it. We've heard of Milivojevic, Mendy, Regulon, Lamella lately that have done it. <laughs> what was that? Foden. <laughs> yeah, Foden, yeah, Foden. Uh, Grealish has done it. But yeah, uh, if you're uh, having more illegal gatherings than goals, you might want to work on your game a little bit. So Andre Gray of Watford um, has made the list. Uh, then we have, of course. Right? Then we have an interesting one um, because this can be seen in a few ways, but did you hear about Dominique Foxworth? This happened a while ago in ESPN. Um a few people were upset in in some statements um, in that Dominique Foxworth was potentially profiling Buffalo Bills fans. I don't know if you. So what happens is that um, on a podcast with Bomani Jones, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, him. He says, I'm fully aware that I have biases and my biases are not based on Josh Allen. It's based on the people that are defending Josh Allen. I would be 100 percent lying if I said that when Josh does something dumb, a little part of me doesn't get happy. And it's not because I don't want Josh to succeed. It's because the people who are telling me that Josh is the second coming and Josh is better than everybody are people with American flags and dogs uh, and skulls and crossbones. If you go just take a dip in their tweet history, it's some really concerning retweets and likes. It's not about Josh. So a lot of Bills fans were upset uh, because they feel like he was profiling their whole fan base. Uh, so what what is your take on uh, – and, and a few people were, were saying that hey, this is somewhat of a – reverse racism situation um what's your take on dominique foxworth i mean i to me it's one of those like reverse racism okay right Uh, (laughs) i think it's a stupid comment to make Mm -hmm. but like every single every single fan base has asked like i mean let's be real 72 million people voted for donald trump exactly yeah so Every single fan base has a couple of fucking idiots in there. Yep. Uh, I know I'll, I'll throw a stat out there in every time a, the green Bay Packers lose a game, there is a, I think it's like 10 to 20% rise in domestic violence cases. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, okay. Yeah, man, we got some fucking idiots out there. Right. I'm sure the same kind of thing happens in Liverpool. The same kind of thing happens in, in London and it happens in Manchester. Like I think that's more to say humans are shitty people. Sometimes yeah. it's not because of, it's not because of their fandom of one team. It's the fact that people are fucking shitty. So yeah. I think he was looking at it because Buffalo is a very white area right. of New York. 
And they're also very outrageous. If you see any of this shit online, Bill's Mafia. Very, yeah, Bill's Mafia is, a, is an awesome and outrageous group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, you're going to have some fucking weirdos who have weird ass opinions. And oh well, like it. Of course, there's going to be some racists there. I'm not going to blame the Buffalo Bills or Josh Allen for that kind of shit. And of right. course, I would I would take similar offense. Like, oh, what, what you're going to out? You're going to target an entire fan base because some of like some of these people are racist assholes. Like, of right. course, they're everyone is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I digress. Yeah, overall, I think this cancel culture or cancel him, call him reverse racist, I think it's a bit far, but I also think he could have made better comments. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, he's up there just because, like you said, every fan, <laughs> even the teams that he probably roots for, has buffoons uh, that root for him, and, and you could find it everywhere. So I think it's pretty asinine to root against, you know, unless the player did something to root against that player because you think that – you're affecting X amount of bad people. Cause I can guarantee you there are Y amount of good people or, or, or fans of that team that are, you know, maybe they're in a bad state, um, extreme situations health wise. And, and that that's the, you know, that one Sunday every week they get excited for it. Cause they know, Hey, that's my hope for this week. That's what I'm looking forward to. And, and, and so if you're taking pleasure out of, you know, one set of people getting mad, you have to realize there's another set of people that, you know, that's, that's what they're, you know, that's, one of the things in life that they are watching, maybe it's the end of their, you know, I hate to bring this down a dark road, but you know, you have a lot of these people that I'm sure um, communicate with some of the players on the teams. And I, cause a lot of these players are really good for the community. Um, yeah. They do a lot of great things that we don't hear about a lot. Uh, visiting hospitals, providing, uh, donating, and, and a lot of it doesn't get publicized. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's an interesting take, but I don't think he's, high up on the list of nonsense this week because the last, the fourth nominees are the, you know, I had to do it. The Capitol Stormers um, is what I'm going to call them. Um, one of the wildest days. I mean, I feel like there are a lot of wild days these days, uh, but I think if you look in the broad spectrum, one of the wildest days in history, uh, I think we could talk about it for a long, long time. Uh, and I think I feel like we have similar opinions. A lot of the people that listen to this pod and us, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own. Um, you know, you know, one way to make it less political is to say the Capitol stormer who wore his work badge. Yes. <laughs> yes. On the Capitol. Yes. Like, I heard that. that, that guy, we can make him the okay. now because yes. if we're, if we're trying to make it apolitical. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not always trying to do that. I don't give a shit, but I like that. The Navistar yeah, Capital Stormer. It, it, it's like, let me go do some crimes while wearing my work badge. That is, it's pretty nice. That is the definition of a fucking nonce right there. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that one. So let's do that because the Navis. Can I call? Can I? I'll name the company. I can say Navistar Capital Stormer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, so put, that them on, cool. put them on blast too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there were plenty of interesting ones, but that one is. Yeah, that's pretty. Pretty dumb. Um, a lot of dark things we could throw out on that, but we're going to stick to that one because that one's actually a, a light, funny one. How big of an idiot that is. And, and it does prohibit nonce or prohibit. It is nonce-like behavior. Uh, so which of those four? We have Advocate or Employee, Andre Gray, Dominique Foxworth, and the Navistar Capital Stormer. Who's your early favorite? Uh, who would you pick, I guess, rather than see what your favorite is? 
that is I, I'm torn yeah. between the first and the last right now. I think those because, will be the top two. <laughs> because like I always think about people who do stupid selfish shit, but then also make it malicious. Mm-hmm. That is that to me is like the pure definition of a nonce. And yeah. both of those meet those qualifications 100%. Um, I think I'm going to go with the uh, the guy who – the one that I recommended, the guy who took the – because that's affecting other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy who's, who's taking vaccines away from other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going there. Yeah, I, I would say that, that yeah, I, I would say that, but just to be on the contrary, just to throw out the other one and give a give a name in that, I'll say the Navistar Capital Storm. <laughs> I don't know what was going through this guy's head. Uh, just you're all over the, the internet now and you're, you're fired. Uh, so, yeah, good luck, good luck finding a new job to that person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, let's go to the final segment this week. We will go to one that we di- also didn't have last week because I, I forgot to mention Brian and I did not do it because we were all, we were like, not confident in any of these matches because of how predictions have been going. Now that we have a little break, I've thrown some bets out here. So let's go to the gambling corner. All right. Uh, so last week you were the only one that laid bets down. Uh, you were the only one brave enough. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I think some people just forgot. Uh, but for Brian and myself, we both discussed. We're like, um, we're getting railed in these picks, so we're not going to bet. But you only lost 512. <laughs> um, Everton and Wolves that you mentioned earlier failed you. Um, you did win 188 on Leicester. So that was a good pick. Uh, so what are your – do you have a trio of picks this week or are you putting it all on one? Or so what's your – oh, wait. Let me go to the overall standings. Sorry. Uh, overall, you and I are the only ones in the positives. I'm in first 1681. You have 68 cents positive. <laughs> so that's good because then there's a huge gap. There's Trevor at minus 1988. Uh, Arine minus twenty three forty six and Brian minus the betting, the betting king is that far back? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for another one of these bets that he's going to lay down where he takes this lead on us and then doesn't bet as much. He said, so we'll find out. Arine, tell us what's going on here, please. <laughs> Make a bet this week. <laughs> we dare you? Um, let's. We're going to have to probably mention it to him in the, uh, the DM thing. Get him. Yeah. Get, get him, him going up because nothing. Nothing will make him bet like some some riling up. Um, so what are your bets looking like this week? And then I'll, I'll share mine. Uh, I got Arsenal. Yes. I got $3 to win. Mm-hmm. They got minus 180 odds. Uh, I've actually got Wolves and Everton draw. Okay. Now that Arsenal one, which, which one of the two matches, the Crystal Palace? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So the Wolves Everton match. Mm-hmm. Draw is plus two twenty, so it's three three dollar bet to win six sixty. That'll be a good one, yeah. And then shockingly, Newcastle are underdogs. Oh, to against uh, Sheffield. Really, I gotta relook at that one. Shit. Okay, at least on at least on Bovada. Yeah, I yeah. got a four dollar bet to win eight sixty. Holy crap! Whoa. They are plus two fifteen, where uh, where Sheffield is plus one forty five. 
All right. I'm going to write that down uh, as a bet I will really make, but I won't put it on my betting corner, gambling corner, because you did that. Um, and then if possible, can you um, just so the intern, because the intern can not listen sometimes, just send those in to the uh, at the footy corner, too. So all those listening, get your gambling corner picks in my picks. I got the Manchester parlay. I got United over Burnley, City over Brighton. That only comes in at minus 131, but I felt good about it. $5 to win 331. Just got to be slow and steady at the top. I got the London parlay, Arsenal and Chelsea. Arsenal over Palace, Chelsea over Fulham. Comes in at plus 133. $4 to win 530. I'm really banking off that one. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, though Though I will say <laughs> I really like my favorite one is your Newcastle pick. And because I've learned, I've really done well in gambling when I just pick single games and just roll with them you know yeah. uh parlays can kill you parlays look beautiful because you get plus odds but there's a reason um and you mentioned it i think you mentioned it a while back right something about parlays <coughs> yeah it, statistically speaking it's it's not it's not smart right because yeah. your your odds don't get they don't get uh propped up enough mm-hmm to deal with the risk involved. It just looks like that's, I think that's the right way of putting it. I'm not sure if my, I'm, you know, yeah, no, no, three you're or right. four beers in at this point. So I'm not sure if my, if my words are coming out the way I want them to, but yeah, that's, that's, I think the general point I'm trying to make. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. Because uh, what I did was I did an analysis. I have a spreadsheet and this is pretty wild. I know, but um, <laughs> it's just the type of, type of guy. I'm going to make spreadsheets for almost everything. I had a spreadsheet of all the bets I made. Because you get stuff on your app and they add these dollars here and there. I just want to make sure I have, okay, how much have I won and lost um, on, on bets? And I had different platforms. And I, I there was once when I switched platforms to go from uh, in-person betting to BetRivers. And then again, when I went from BetRivers to DraftKings, I looked at, okay, let me see the trends. Where am I losing? Where am I winning? It was parlays. I was losing on parlays. I do a bunch of single bets that I felt good about. Money goes up. And now it's been looking real good lately. Um but with soccer ones here, I take a little risk. Um, and the last one, I got Southampton over Leicester. One dollar to win three. It comes in at plus three hundred. That's my my one dollar risk of the week. Um, I've got to really start laying these down in real life, like I keep saying, because I'm positive in this thing. But I probably have only laid down a handful of these, and I don't I I, I don't do the ones I win. <laughs> but I'll go for that Newcastle one you pick. I like that one a lot actually. So I'd suggest that to the listeners. But my official ones are in. Um, all right. Well, Steve, again, thanks for co-hosting. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, any last final things you want to tell the people? Any any uh, final words, parting shots, parting words? We'll have a, we'll have a panel soon. I, I, I'm feeling a panel soon. So Yeah. We'll yeah. We, we got to get the group together again. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> so Throw it out, throw it out of that Newcastle. Let's get the, go. Let's, let's move the line. <laughs> there we go. Absolutely. Let's move it. Well, let's get in before it moves too much. Um, but yeah, any, anything else before uh, you log off? That should be it. Awesome. Let's turn it over to Unai Emery. The man. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. Good evening. 